Uh, hi, my name is Dave the Clone, and I am the CEO and, uh, I guess, main madness behind the Hollow Nine Network, and you're listening to the Just Conversation Podcast. Warning, this program contains strong themes meant for a mature audience. Discretion is advised. Going live in five, four. What does live mean? Uh-huh. Welcome to the Just Conversation Podcast, the show where we ground humanity's most absurd and baffling ideas in childish ways. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm your host, Christina. Yes, and if you haven't yet, remember to hit that subscribe button to get notified the second new episode of release. Also, this show is most enjoyable with a listening partner to share opinions and ideas on topics we discuss. Yes, so pull somebody nice in close tight and, uh, like, strap yourself down, because... Strap yourself. Strap yourself to your fucking chair. This is going to be a wild ride. A wild ride. <laughs> Roller coasters don't get this crazy, man. What? Yeah. It's like if you're going to be on a rocket headed towards space. That's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. But imagine that rocket going to space is nothing but a seat put on the very tip of the rocket. And you're just going to be much. hit by all the air, wind resistance, you pressure. Probably you, you like, burn away. Yeah. You cease to exist on the surface of that That's rocket. That's too crazy. Uh, That's too much. That's what we're doing to these people. That's what we're doing. They're oh getting gosh. strapped. And as soon as they start listening, they just melt. Whoa. Or we throw them into a black hole or something. If hey, Pretty if cool. they somehow manage to survive, the goal is a black hole. That that crazy rocket ship yeah. is flinging straight into the opposite side of a different universe's Big Bang. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So over there, it's a white hole. Over here, you're just falling into a black hole. We're gonna burn you into space and then throw your ashes into a black hole so that you get spewed out the other side. It's nothing but particles that still come together through time, and you're just all the people of the Earth at that point. Yeah. There are oh. more atoms that make up our body than there are people on the planet. Is that true? Yeah. How many atoms are there? It's seven times ten to the twenty seventh power, and there's only. 8 billion people in the world. Yes. Now, the question is, do we have more atoms in our body than there are planets and stars in the universe by our understanding? And if that's the case... No way. One Maybe. person being squeezed through a black hole could create... Could at least, bare minimum, get one of their atoms into every single celestial object. Yes. So a cosmic object into every single cosmic object. Mm. It is possible that one person is part of the entire universe. Yes. He was just the guy. He was the dude who ran the Hedron Collider. No. Fell into the machine. No, he's the guy who was listening to our podcast and then ended up on a spaceship. And then the spaceship flew into the black hole. Fair enough. And then they became the universe. But how does that make sense on our side? <laughs> I'm talking about in our universe. Oh, in our universe. Was it a guy who was just running the program fell in to yes. the black hole that existed for a split second? To his homies, he just fell and disappeared. But in reality, he landed in through the black hole that was a white hole on the other side, generating a whole universe. And he was the source of the whole universe. Yes. God could just be a random guy. <laughs> just one random dude. Yeah. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. Anyways, all of this is incredibly relevant to the guests we have today. 
Uh-huh. Because we kind of get into this same shit the way we always do. Yes. You go everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, it all it's always the case. We always go everywhere all the time. This guest has just a mind to explore. Yes, the fun fun with video games and sci-fi. Yes, he is so energetic and he is very extroverted and very thought out. Not enough extroverts. Not enough extroverts <laughs> in the world. But uh he's definitely an awesome person to talk to and uh like always, this conversation is an astounding one that goes through all the possible places. So I hope you guys enjoy this amazing conversation we had with Dave the Clone. Yes, enjoy! Yes, enjoy the show! And that's how I've always tried to do a lot of stuff. Like, even, like, taking the standardized tests in school when we'd be reading the question and trying to figure out what's the answer. I'm like, hmm, how would a newscaster ask that question? Or how would, like, a, a movie villain ask this? And suddenly that kind of shed light. I'm like, all right, I could probably narrow this down to at least a 50-50. And this is obviously way before the format of who wants to be a millionaire gave us that idea in the first place. But I don't know, man. It's just all about thinking it and then seeing how it comes out after you thought of it. Isn't that weird? I've learned this over the years that you don't even have to have a plan per se, but if you put the thought into the air, it will sort of gather things by itself. It'll, it'll start to formulate as you just go about your day and some other thing feels like it just fits as part of this bigger picture. And you're like, oh, that'd be interesting to put into that one piece of random abstract idea I had. And then this happens enough times that it kind of snowballs into a shape of its own that you didn't do shit for. You were just walking around and an idea over here. That's cool. An idea oh. over there before long, just like a clear picture. And you're like, oh, wow, this, this could happen. This is our version of when Bob Ross would go up to a blank canvas and be like, uh, I don't know what we're going to do today. Let's see how the paint feels. And he's like, so we've got a nice little cabin over here on uh, a beautiful river and some trees. And maybe there's a little bit of snow right here. And we're just like, yeah, we figured out that reality might be a hologram. And if it is, it's being controlled by a mainframe somewhere. Uh, but we're not even sure we could figure that out before they reset it for the next version. So it's just good that we had the conversation today. Man, I would not be me i would not be like blown away particularly if bob ross was like god you know <laughs> like who stops us from being in his painting right now this is just a weird and look let's be real bob ross was a military general he was a soldier and the reason he's so passive now is because he got every ounce of the rage that was in his body out when he was in the military either that or he was still getting the rage out and all the bodies are hidden in the paintings he's painting I am going to completely cop to the ignorance to all of this that I like I'm learning this right now like what how old were you when you found out Bob Ross was in the military right now old is how I how old I was and I'm looking at this going like you know, that just goes to show how different times were. I mean, he didn't even make it past the 90s. This guy didn't see 9-11. You know what I mean? Like, and back then, if you were a kid just watching him paint on TV, you would never even think, oh, let me do some research on this guy. And, and maybe he was in the military. You're just it just he's like that, you know, grandpa, almost like a real life Santa Claus character. But uh, wow, this is blowing my mind. This is it, crazy. It, Look, I knew he was a general. I didn't know he landed at the rank of fucking this says master, master sergeant. sergeant. Jesus Christ. The number yeah, of bodies underneath this guy must be nuts. 
Dude, what are the? I can only imagine the craziest order this guy gave. Cause <laughs> let's see, right? You gotta begin as a regular soldier. You get ranked up when you do something amazing and you serve for a long time. Yeah. But he wasn't like crazy old. He was a pretty young guy. So well, the thing is, he's an Air Force guy. So that they have a different perspective, I think sometimes. Well, you know, no, you they... actually can only get into the Air Force after you've done some other kind of military training, right? Well, I think you could join the Air Force after basic if you were interested, but you have to go to flight school. You have to qualify, I think, for the Air Force. Oh. But I think uh, if you wanted to just – and you know, if we think about this, let's take a step back and extrapolate. Maybe this is how he was able to just be able to close his eyes and see a landscape or see clouds and sky and, and the forest below because he's so used to just flying around and taking it all in. And that was how he escaped from the horrors of what he was doing. But I hate to – admit this <laughs> i don't know if this is going to turn any of the fans out there who like to tune in when i'm on here against me they might never want me on again <laughs> imagine uh, in the in the course of how twisted the world has become we come up with one of these like sort of counterculture video games and it's bob ross rage painter and he like goes into these little flashback moments and winds up painting all these like horrific scenes from his past but he doesn't realize he's doing it like he thinks he's just painting you know happy little trees but somehow this is a therapy session and he's actually painting all these horrible things this would be a horror movie and we'd probably have to change it from bob ross because i doubt the bob ross estate would be cool with this story but i just love this idea of this whole other life he had how can we do something with this well that's actually fascinating there is a video game called um what the hell was it called it was fear something abstract fear or oh, i think it's just called abstract right is it abstract what the hell was it called it was well whatever the point is of this video game that it was about a painter and he would paint uh it was it was very confusing what he was painting, but he started going crazy while painting, and then right. the things he painted started consuming him yes. to the point that he started hallucinating about the world he was painting, and then he slowly but surely could not distinguish between which part was the painting and what was actually happening in and the house say, he was you painting. Play this alone. You shouldn't play it in the dark. <laughs> it's like this is one of those games that could actually like mess with your mind if you get too sucked in that's fucking crazy isn't it there's a couple of games like that there's another game called um uh hellblades anyone want to sacrifice i have not played it or heard of it but i definitely i'm looking on i'm, I'm on i hate to admit the evil empire i'm on amazon right now looking for the game you were just talking about because i remember i almost bought it and then i i did like layers of fear that's it. that's yep, the fucking name and then this game right here that was just pulled up, um, Hellblade, where did that go? Okay, here that is. Hellblade, that game, that game is for, it was created with uh, the advice and the sort of uh, consultation of uh, psychiatrists, psychologists, <laughs> and neuroscientists <laughs> to then replicate what it's like to have a psychosis, schizophrenic, 
break. And then so they basically put voices in your head and some of them are right and some of them are wrong and they're trying to mislead you and some of them are trying to help you. Some of them are trying to confuse you. And as you're playing the game, you got to deal with uh, weird visions. You got to deal with the environment suddenly changing without explaining anything. Suddenly you'll walk by a door that was always there and now it's not. And you're not really sure if it was there or if it was somewhere else. Sometimes it will be somewhere else and it confuses you to think maybe it was always down there and I just thought this hallway looked the same. Yeah, man. Call of Cthulhu has some stuff like that going on too. There's, I guess there's like a boom in this sort of horror genre of video games where um, I actually even just ordered the Blair Witch game and it's supposed to have a lot of elements oh, like that as man. well. I saw the fucking, that's out already? I saw the trailer for that. Yeah, dude, the trailer sold me too. <laughs> I was just like, yep. I mean, I'm, I like the lore. I'm a, I'm a fan of the Blair Witch mythology. I went to school in Maryland, not where Blair Witch was filmed, but not far from it either. And I was, it was the summer between my freshman and sophomore year that Blair Witch came out. So coming back to school after that summer was sort of like, so I didn't notice how dark it gets down here in the woods, and I didn't realize how scary dark woods really are. <laughs> and so, of course, perfect, uh, you know, perfect backdrop for a game with uh, psychological um, elements included in to increase the horror factor. Um, which goes back, I mean, all the way even to Resident Evil, when you think about it. Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 1, when the, the tyrant would jump out at you. Like, I remember times literally jumping out of my seat when stuff like that would happen. So, welcome to the new millennium here. <laughs> the Actually, it's pretty interesting that you'd mention Resident Evil, because the although it wasn't intended, it was supposed to be more adrenaline-filled than the other Resident Evils, which was Resident Evil 3. But the yes. effect that it would cause was a preemptive panic where now you're just there's a hallway you got to go down and the camera's aiming down that hallway and you're like i don't want to go down that hallway yep. because fucking nemesis could break through that wall like it's i remember paper. exactly thinking that like no i don't want to do this yeah this and it's like way. i don't know if that was their intention but you start to kind of panic over time and you just look at any long stretch of anything and you're like i don't want to fuck with this yeah <laughs> Like the first half of this was fun enough. I think I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Right. Like, so it's kind of like, you know, when it, I don't have the same longevity for some uh, video games, even though I love games and I, and I will buy them and play them. I don't have the longevity to put in for like, like Resident Evil was a good amount that you would have to invest. But like as soon as, soon as you start getting into like the GTAs and even Saints Row for as much as I've been talking about it on Hollow Nine lately. And it's one of my favorite games of that style. After a while, you're just like, look, I don't, I don't want to just play this for six months. And that's at least what it's going to take an adult who has other responsibilities <laughs> to, who can't just sit around and play video games all day to beat games like that with how many, uh, you know, different quests and expansions and how much the story keeps building. Um, so it's sort of like, uh, I, I don't know. I don't even know where I was going with this, but I just remember Resident Evil feeling like it was like the right, that was probably the last time I felt like everything was always okay. Now everything's going a little bit further, even the level I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy I hope Blair Witch, but I know at some point I'll be like, all right, this is taking fucking forever. So. Now you said you <laughs> ordered the game. You still get games on disc. Oh yeah. Yeah. I still buy uh hard media. No, you're part of the uh, old school media uh, group. I have not touched a disc since maybe the second year of PS4. Wow, really? Yeah, I've well, been I, digital. I have as been fuck. buying a lot more virtual ones, or at least 
because uh, I have a PlayStation Plus, I download like every month. There's like a free game, and some of them are games that were like big games that cost you know sixty bucks when they originally came out, and so be able to get that for free. So I download those, but for the most part, yeah, I still like to have the actual. I like to be able to open the box, you know? <laughs> See, I only gave a shit about that when it really brought, like, the booklet and, like, lore and other things inside. But they ended that and just added that into, like, the extras section of the game's True. menu. Yeah. And that, and they just keep building games, like, so, mo- so much longer after, they're, after they've been done. You know, I just got one of the free ones on PlayStation Plus recently was um, Lara Croft Rise of the Tomb Raider. And I'm playing it and it's fun, but I'm like, wow, man, you know, like there's I'm starting out with a whole bunch of stuff that other people had to play for months and wait for DLC to come out because this is the uh, 20th anniversary or whatever. So it was kind of like it's cool, but I do feel like I'm playing with an advantage over anybody who played it when I first came out. But at the same time, I get the more complete version of the game. Right. Whereas other people got the game that came out that had potential for more stuff. And they'll just get to that when they get to that. <laughs> that was that was a new another new trend in games. See, in that's our such lifetime. a double-edged problem, though, because the fact comes down to efficiency uh, leaves a video game because people keep buying into incomplete video games. True. So a game comes out and it's broken as fuck, and the company is only releasing it because we can fix it over time. While in the past. You got a full product for your full money. Dude, think of how big Metroid was back in the day. Like, just not, not like popularity-wise, but the scope of the actual game itself, you know? What are we talking, how GameCube? Maps? Uh, oh, I was talking about original NES. The, Holy the shit, you're going back. Days, side-scrolling. <laughs> but yeah, it was like, the size of the map in one of those games is ridiculous. And there was, again, no DLC, no, no, but think of this, you're talking about Metroid alone. Think of how big, for example, Super Nintendo, Super Mario, how ridiculously large is Super Mario of a game? Yeah, man. I don't even know how they would start. Like, yeah, look at, see in the one that you have on the top row, four over from the left, the complexity of that map right there. Like when I was little, I couldn't fathom how they were coming up with this. And now I'm like, man, this was simple compared to what they've got now but even that was huge for back then and that came they couldn't give this to us and say oh yeah buy the second cartridge a month from now <laughs> you know what i mean because back then games were like 60 70 bucks and our parents were like shocked that they were spending that to buy us games man but little dude. did they know that this medium would be the only medium to overtake television yeah right I actually find myself wanting to play a game over watching TV shows sometimes just because I'm like, well, at least I'm part of the story. Yeah. (laughs) See, this is my problem. I actually, uh, when I get home, I uh, have the conflict with my girlfriend that she likes lounging and I die a little on the inside if I watch something for too long. Yeah. Because I have to be part of the, luckily she likes to watch me play. Yeah. I'm finding my girlfriend is in the same boat. She's a video game fan, so sometimes that's easier to deal with. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, it's easier than... Because standing idle, I could do a show, I could do two episodes, but we we start getting into the three-hour mark, and I'm like, I haven't done shit in, like, forever. I am (laughs) dying. Because you know me, I'm manic, I'm energetic. I have to be doing six billion things every 15 seconds in order to feel like I'm not withering away as the clock ticks. And it's crazy when you think about 
how they've been able to capture that level of life with the way some of these games work. Because it's like, you're right, at any one moment, you're not just dealing with whatever your mind is focusing on. You also have the other things that were on your to-do list that you haven't gotten to yet that you're sort of maybe mentally taking a few steps towards so that when you do get to do it, hopefully you'll be able to knock it out a little bit quicker. And then you're also building off of there tangentially what steps come after that for the rest of your day. Um, It's kind of like when you're in these games and you progress, like especially I'm going to keep coming back to the Lara Croft one because I played that last night for a couple hours. Um, You know, you, you get to one thing, you find one thing you were looking for, but oh, on the way you unlocked a cave that now has three more things and a new character that gave you more missions and before you know it you have to tell yourself like hey there was something four objectives back that i think i still need to take care of and that's kind of like when you're sitting there watching tv trying to figure out how to do this thing and deliver an edit and also oh shit my laundry is in the dryer i gotta go get it (laughs) you know what i mean yeah definitely it's a it's complicated juggling system and what what I'll give uh, uh, a lot of points to in that regard is actually um what the fuck is it called it's uh mobile games yeah. mobile games have sort of worked out this space for busy adults that like games yeah and a lot of them just have, hey, do a couple of things for a couple of minutes, and then you have to wait an hour anyways. And then right, you get to yeah. fit in your whole shit and then come back and, hey, here's five minutes of some other shit. Now go back to your life. And the only way to circumvent that is to pay them, right? Usually there's like pay to play stuff like, well, you could pay us four bucks and keep playing right now or wait the two hours for your next free batch of coins to whatever the hell you know what i mean like that's your sort of basic uh template out there yeah and uh yes. so it kind of it, it caters to both it caters to that bridge out there between us traditional classic old schoolers and the millenniums and whatever the post millennials are going to be I, I have a feeling they're going to be like in back to the future too like wait you have to use your hands to play this <laughs> we're not in we're out we're out we're but out. you see this this is actually really interesting because the reason that uh grand theft auto is doing so fucking well as a game that it continues to double up its entire fan base is because it also serves both fan bases. There's nothing in that game you can't play your way to get. You can earn all the money and buy all the shit, but it'll take you playtime. But if you're a busy working adult and you want to race your way to the thing so you could just enjoy it, you could drop working adult money and suddenly just have what you wanted, and it works as a AAA title on a console that you can play casually or you can play hardcore on top of the different levels of content that they've put. If you like racing games, they got it in there. If you like stunt games, they got it in there. If you like shooters, it's there. If you like heist movies, it's there. It's the all-encompassing game. Yeah, and I think the other thing that's great about modern games, too, is they, especially those, like, I think the early versions of those I got frustrated with because there would always be a point where one of the genres would be front and center. And for me, with the GTA in particular, was always the racing. I always felt like the car controls were difficult for me. So you would get to a point where I can't progress any further in this branch of the story because I can't get past a street race that I need to beat. And that would make me then walk away from the game altogether. And now you can still beat a game without doing all the stuff. You just don't get the 100% complete you know, achievement, but otherwise you still get to see the end. You still get to go see where the story goes. And for me, that was the thing that was more 
troubling about not being able to be at a game. Not that I wouldn't have the bragging rights or the street cred, because eventually games became much more of a, this is my leisure hobby. I don't give a shit who else is doing what. I'm not in school anymore. We're not comparing notes. I'm just playing games to play games that I paid for, you know, for fun. Um, but, you know, it's that idea that I could just, there were games that I'm not, I'm just never going to find out what happened because I can't get past this one fucking thing. That sucks. And it was obviously, that's a holdover from the days before the internet. You could always just go on now and look up the wiki to spoil yourself on any and everything. But there's a game called One for the original PlayStation that I have no idea how it ends just because I couldn't beat the game on the level of difficulty that would unlock the full ending. You know what I mean? And I was like, damn, that's really... That's really disappointing that I don't get to find out what happened to this character. What's the backstory? What what what's the deal? I'm really not good being left on a cliffhanger, man. I'm one of those very bitter fans from But when see, that here's this brings us back to the whole functional adult life. I actually had this conversation. I don't remember who I was talking to, but we were talking <laughs> about how Twitch works its way into the situation and a lot of us were raised in household with like now everybody can have four or five fucking consoles there's a million people in the house there's one console per television but in our childhood you had one and motherfucker you better share that bitch oh shit especially if you had two controllers for it (laughs) yep yep and if you were you had brothers and sisters take turns because but what that leads to is a bunch of children that were raised, you're either playing or some of them were too young to play and they're sitting there watching their older siblings play. And then this mentality of I enjoy watching somebody play a video game led to adults who were used to as children watching people play video games rather than playing video games themselves. Thus, yeah. Twitch is born, a place where you might not be a gamer, but you're you don't like tv you like watching somebody play video games because that's what you were raised doing you always sat down and you always watched a game be played and for working functional adults who have a very busy schedule you might be cooking but you might also have twitch on the background for that very game you couldn't see the ending to. oh my god i love this (laughs) twitch is like asmr for pc builders see i never even looked at it in those terms because i guess that really is going to be a condition of what your age was when that was happening, when you got used to, oh, that's my big brother's uh, console. I can watch him play, but I'm not allowed to play. But it's still cool because that game is awesome. I was one of the people who, like, if I went to a friend's house and they wanted to play a game that was only a one-player game, I would instantly be like, dude, what the fuck? So I just have to sit here and watch you play? How how is that anything if not torturous <laughs> you know what i mean like i want i want to fly man i want to drive i want to be i want the stick man let's, you let's and play i we could both the play. same i cannot get behind it i can't just sit there and watch it happen i get frustrated watching somebody else play i don't have the patience i play get no think about this i play games on hard every game on the Jeez. hardest difficulty every time i watch somebody play on easy and fail and my heart fills with rage yeah dude you're like on the get good crowd. You're just like, dude, what is wrong with you? You can't do that? <laughs> this like, thing I can easily accomplish on the hardest setting without a struggle. You're struggling with uneasy with no obstacles. How is this even happening? Like, how did you feel back in the day when Game Genie came out? Like, you know what I mean? I almost felt like it sounded great in theory. And then the first time I ever saw anybody use it, I was like, 
Well, this is kind of bullshit. I mean, like <laughs> we could just traipse through every game. Like it's you want an edge, but you don't want it to be like, you know, God mode got really boring in Doom, right? Everyone played with God mode on in Doom at some point. Yeah. And at, at one point you're just like, ah, all right. So I walk into a room full of things that can't kill me. And it's just a matter of how long does it take for me to kill them? You know, that's not anywhere near as exciting as, all right, I got like maybe one hit left in me. I can't get shot again. And there's four guys left in this room. Somehow I have to pull this off. See, <laughs> I love that. That right there, that's an ideal fucking situation. Situation. Game Genie can suck it. Fuck that yeah, thing. That's garbage. I am just how there are grammar Nazis. I am that to video games. I'm a video game Nazi where like we follow this to the strictest T. Whatever's in the game is the only things I'm allowed to use. I don't use right. cheat codes. I don't like to find glitches. I don't like to break the system. If I can't get something because I don't have the skill, I'm one not buying my way there. I'm gonna get, right. I'm gonna try by any means to do it. And if I can't, then I just fucking can't. And I'll not witness whatever happens on the other side. You know. You know what this reminds me of? You remember the movie Big way back in the day when Tom Hanks as a kid, he's trying to get past. And we're talking about a text based, not even graphics, really, video game where he just couldn't type the thing fast enough. He couldn't think of the thing to kill the wizard. And then one of the things they show him as an adult is he just sits there and calmly types it in and just beats the thing that was so hard. You know, really simple visual metaphor for maturing and growing up for an, a movie made in the 80s. But that's kind of the same thing where it was like, we we were there when Nintendo hit. We were there when the first like majorly commercially, well, I guess Atari technically, but the first step into modern era games. And all the games for Nintendo were decently hard. I beat far less of my original Nintendo games than I did Genesis, PlayStation, Super Nintendo, all the systems that have come after. And I have I have you know what am I going to do? Pretend I don't. I, I never beat uh what's his name? I never knocked out Mike Tyson. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think there is something in both the games becoming more attuned to my uh, hand-eye coordination and comfort level and the design of them that now I can because there's a lot more story. There's a lot more structure. It's not like, hey, man, you didn't figure out the algorithm yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a lot of game tricks back in the day were. But it was sort of like I'm maturing with the thing made it so i don't beat every game you know but maybe sometimes i do <laughs> i still like playing them we are fully opposite in that regard i, I have I never that i'm like oh shit you've definitely beat everything you have yes any <laughs> game that i've committed to has been completed for 100%. a fact without question i i wouldn't say 100 percent. i'm not a trophy hunter Okay, gotcha. I'm not like, I'm gonna, you gotta go to this random corner in the middle of nowhere and jump across this gap for no reason. To, you would not go there in any course of the actual gameplay for any reason other than exactly. someone. Exactly. I'll complete the game itself and only things that matter. Like, I'm not gonna go hunt some garbage that doesn't matter. For or example, in a game like... like a DLC side story, do you feel like that makes it now you didn't complete the story? Or yes, or? yes. If there's DLC, I will race through that DLC. I'm gonna complete every little okay. bit of it. But if we think of something like Rayman, right? Rayman is a good example of a game yeah. there are a bunch of uh there's getting to the end of the stage that's one form of completion but i don't call it quits there there's a bunch of collectibles you got to gather right. throughout each level i'll collect all the collectibles every time then there's weird random things you do like the example i just gave you know c clear this fucking thing what does that do nothing really i don't have to complete that one 
So I go for the thing, the practical things, the obvious collectibles, things of that nature, not these weird abstract, but they're like essentially trophy hunter ideas. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of those things. But my girlfriend actually got uh, platinum in Fallout 4. Holy shit, really? I was like, how the fuck did you have the time for this shit? Exactly, dude. What did you not get done? (laughs) Did you not buy enough toilet paper before the pandemic? Please tell me you at least, you know what I mean? Like something had to give in order. Yeah, like what's the trade off here, right? This is nuts. And that's the other thing, too. I mean, I think it's like I was saying before, there's a fatigue that'll set in where you're like, all right, look, I know if I put in the time, I could do this. But I just, you know, I I feel like I missed a season outside. It's like cold now. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's kind of like there's there's I I have to temper. But I I feel like maybe not in the sense of, oh, I couldn't do before because I was too young, but maybe in the sense of the big reference being like, you know, there are these things that are kind of sitting out there that are like, yeah, I could come back and finish this and be like, all right, you know, it may have taken me a while, but I I knocked that one off the to do list also. I just don't do it. Here's something that's interesting. I find it very interesting that you do struggle to complete some games because you juggle so many things. That's the thing. At the same time, I feel like you would be the master of finding a place for this. If I just would like focus on one title at a time until I've completed it. Oh, that's the problem, isn't it? You're like throwing 50 games together and just like hopping from one to the other. Because it's sort of the same way when, you know, you're looking at what movies are coming out for the year and what shows are starting up on Netflix. And you're like, all right, well, I caught the first episode of this one, so I have to finish that one. But now this one just started. And before I was able to click away or click to the next uh, menu, it started playing the trailer for that. And I'm kind of like, oh, shit. (laughs) Now I'm pulled into this one. So it's the same thing with the games. I'm like, oh, man, that game's out. Oh, shit, that game's out. And some of the games that I have been playing, I've been playing for so long that I've missed the launches of new ones. So by the time I realize that they're out, there'll be like a game of the year edition, you know what I mean? Or like this Lara Croft one, it's free and it's the 20th anniversary. So it comes with a whole bunch of uh, gifted downloadables. And so I kind of get to come into the collector's edition and start from scratch. There. How interesting. I feel like you've just blown my mind right now because this sort of fits the, um, uh, we've talked about this before where the artist tends to reflect not themselves, but like their art seems to be mm-hmm. opposite to the artist. And I feel like you and I are opposite in that your life is very chaotic while you're a very considerate, very strategic person who sort of plots out things. You have like this roadmap, but then in the course of doing it, it's like a chaotic fucking mess. Everything is all over the fucking place. Meanwhile, I don't plan fucking anything, but I just got simple rules that I follow and then I wing it outside of that. For example, with movies I or shows, I watch one a weekend for like I have the the thing that I watch constantly. So there'll be one episode a day of something I'm trying to burn through. Maybe it has too many episodes. Yeah. And then there's like the cool new thing, usually like a Netflix exclusive or some shit right. in which I pick I'm, I can only watch one episode on a Saturday. That's it. No binging, no nothing. Because I do like the ability to talk about the show throughout the week, expecting right. the next thing. Okay. So outside of that, I'm basically Let's watching in that one. I want to come back to that part. Yeah, so I'll be doing that throughout the week, right? I have the one that's I'm burning through and the one that's just this casual thing. And I'll literally not watch anything else except perhaps a movie that I pick throughout the week, a single one. Same thing applies to a video game. I have a back, I love to build a backlog of video games. 
so that I have something always to pick immediately. My game thing, the my uh, library has like 400 games in it. But yeah, mine's pretty crazy big too. Yeah, yeah but I don't <laughs> hop around from game to game. I complete a game fully to the point that now I can delete this. Let's go to the next one. Yeah, see, I don't know. And it's it's weird because as we're talking about that, I'm going like, yeah, you know, there is something too. It's almost like, why do I do it that way? And, you know, the only thing I could think of is, and it's going to sound like, like maybe it's a little bit of a stone's throw because it's comparing it more to the world we grew up as far as TV is concerned. You know, growing up, in the era where all this was new and there wasn't this like vast store of archived everything that you could pay for limited access to through various streaming platforms. It was sort of like there was the day of programming, then there was the week long of the programming on the different TV stations. And depending on what you like to watch, sometimes you would basically only be able to get you know, these one servings of each show per week. And like you were saying, you know, having to let that kind of, uh, percolate over the course of the week before you see the next one and what does that mean and what what does that let you anticipate how does it let you enjoy the story but at the same time because you don't have the luxury of going back and rewatching it we don't have streaming we're, I'm talking about 80s which is probably at this point in 2020 sounds like ancient times it's the way the 60s sounded to me in the 80s I was like man 20 years ago that's fucking forever now yeah. I'm like 40 years ago I was alive during it and it still feels like fucking forever but it's not 20 years ago it's even further but like you had no choice but to just kind of keep track of all this shit in your mind it's almost like uh i guess if you're reading a couple different comic book titles and you have to like you get your one issue a month you have to remember what happened before that and then next month you have to remember this one so that you can go into that one and i feel like as we gotten further and further away from only having that one burst of limited access with the exception of the comic books that would be you'll build up your collection you could go back and reread those but everything else tv unless you were videotaping it it was sort of like you had your chance and then that was it and then when the next thing comes, they maybe give you that last time on so-and-so, and you get, like, some hints. But now that's being manipulated. They're telling you what they want you to remember for this episode. But, like, think about yeah. something like X-Files, dude. I'm rewatching the X-Files with my girlfriend right now. We're in partway into season eight, but there were seven seasons and one of the movies so far in there. And I'm going, now imagine not having this whole collection to just go back and, and recheck and like, and track. And, and there are so many elements and layers and, and different episodes that weren't considered part of the mythology, but touched on mythology stuff. And so if you were only following those mythology lists out there, you'd miss that little detail, but you don't really need it for the grand story, but it's still cool to have that. I'm a completionist in that way. So you would think I would be every, Every game I have, but maybe that's maybe something that's driving me. It's like this little thing hanging over my shoulder. If you ever get around to it, finish all your games. But now imagine like a story on that level where you only had the weeknight that it was on to watch it. And then you had to keep all that shit in your mind for when the next episode played. Otherwise, you'd be completely lost. You're like, what the fuck's going on? Why is he looking for his sister? What happened to her? Are they dating? Who are these people? And now it's almost like I wonder if people just feel like there's no need for that because you have access to it at all times. And it's only when one of those shows suddenly like X-Files used to be all on Netflix and now it's not. I don't know if anybody's got it streaming for free anywhere. Um, maybe Fox is building a pay service uh, stream thing for all we know. <laughs> um, 
but um you know uh unless you have the dvds like me you could watch it at your leisure you basically have to just play it back in your mind that's all you had so I, I feel like there was a generation that grew up just having to enjoy entertainment that way and so for me it was sort of like i want to be able to join all the water cooler conversations so i have to have at least enough exposure video game wise to be able to sit at the table with my friends and know what they're talking about maybe pick up hints to keep in mind for when i get to parts they haven't gotten to or parts they got to before me but um in general i guess i felt like as long as i kind of knew what was up <laughs> if i didn't beat it all right fine i'm not as good as you guys but see i find that completely interesting because video games have a completely different sort of format to them in which everybody had even as a kid so you get to school right you were all playing the same game because it just came out everybody was talking about it everybody was talking about playing the same game and y'all jumped into the game by the time you get back to school to talk about it the range at which everybody was at in the game nobody had the same and nobody got the same distance everybody plays the different levels on top of mm -hmm. the fact that everybody had different times to play the game there's always that kid who like finished it overnight because like, they were just somehow like that movie the wizard they were just good like i don't know what it is dude you touch the controller and the game listens to you not the other way around yeah exactly <laughs> exactly there was always that but ironically i was usually that asshole who like bought the game finished it before the weekend was <laughs> over got there and i'm like hey guys i saw what the ending looks like but meanwhile i would get the first upgraded weapon and be like dude this is awesome and then five upgraded weapons later I go man remember when just a flaming crossbow made me freely like you know like freak out now we got all this shit going on but see i love the ability when a game is good enough like i'll still rip it like that like okay actually this actually brings me to my point that i lost earlier Sorry which was no don't even worry about it which was to say that the big difference between you and i is that I live life chaotically, but then my life looks structured from the outside while you live life structured, but to the outside observer, it looks like a chaotic fucking mess. Yeah. And in the case of video games, I sort of have that general approach to life, which is if the game is good enough, I'll abandon all rules and just race uh. through the night and play that whole fucking like that happened with The Last of Us, the first part when that yeah. game came out. I beat that game in two nights. I just yeah. didn't get off the game. I'm like, this is... And it is one of my favorite games of all time. That is really legitimately why that happened. That game is amazing. It's a very good game. I love that game. And yes. very cin see, cinematic. I love yes. that it's so cinematic. So good. Such a cool game. You feel like you're playing part through a movie. Have, is the second one out? Yes, it's Has, been out. Oh wow, are you serious? Making an HBO TV series out of it? Fuck oh yeah, you. this is the one of the biggest selling things in all of history. Like, of course they have to. I wouldn't be surprised if they turned a Grand Theft Auto storyline into I'm a TV series. I'm kind of surprised they haven't yet, to be honest with you. And I, I mean, just for the fact that you could make that that could be a bigger uh, spinoff factory than the walking dead you know what i mean it's like every element that or for that matter saints row and by the same accord i almost feel like saints row is halfway between the video game and the movie but this one for sure uh almost lends itself to taking the walking dead crowd and bringing them to something that's a little bit more 
I almost want to say like literature <laughs> compared to a lot of the other stories. I mean, out. yeah, when you think about what Naughty Dog is, it is a bunch of writers pro- predominantly. Like that that company is run by the writing above all yeah. things, and then the game is considered. That's why their gameplay tends to be like pretty basic. The gameplay yeah, in, in The say, Last it's of Us simple. It's on the simple side. Yeah. I don't want to think that's a criticism though. It actually is a comfort for a game like this. Exactly. It is actually a great in like thought out design that they didn't over complex their their uh game for the gaming part of it because it would take away from the story if that makes sense like you would be almost taking away our attention from the events if we have to remember 800 million controls all the different weapons and this and that and remember a fucking map no it's their all their games none of them are open world they're all uh, uh very narrow uh, linear games that yep. you follow a clear path and the mm-hmm. story is told to you as you progress through these events and it's about the story being told to you in the first place the only thing i would say that naughty dog brings up in regard to one place where they did and i know why they did it, and it's one of the first ones i played on ps3 was in the very first uncharted game there's a part where you know one of the things that was new in the ps3 xbox 360 era was the gyroscopes inside the controllers and having portions of the game be dependent on you actually steering or tilting the controller in different ways and i remember at one point my wireless controller stopped charging and I didn't want to spend all the money on buying a new wireless DualShock so I bought one of the USB plugged in cable lassoed you know back to being chained to the the machine and I got to a part where he has to balance to walk across a log and if you didn't have the controller to be able to do the motion sensor you kind of get stuck (laughs) all of a sudden couldn't progress past that wow really (laughs) and i was like you've got to be shitting me and it was just because that was so new like there were so many games that used that gimmick i remember there's a a portion in the move the game heavenly sword which was one of the first ps3 games where you actually had to use the gyros in your controller to guide um, cannonballs and arrows that you were firing and that shit took forever to get used to because you get used to sitting in a comfortable position well what if that's with the controller pointing at the ground guess what all your arrows are hitting the ground as soon as they get launched so all of a sudden you have to sit up and be like oh fuck all right i gotta pay attention to this all right aim aim like i got a gun here and um so some of that shit i i kind of could have done without but i get why they wanted to stretch their you know stretch their legs and spread their wings a little bit but those games being much more driven by the story, those little momentary kind of fuck ups like that aside, really keep them standing out amidst all the other stuff that's coming out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Definitely, definitely. I definitely agree with that. It is, it is too many games focus on the explosions and the exaggerations and keeping you looking at 600 million things happening on the screen all at the same time. And look, there's a thousand soldiers all at once. How amazing. And our graphics are super hyper ultra mega realistic. You can't even yeah. tell the difference between Your reality. Your eyes are going to be tearing from how colorful the screen just got yeah three <laughs> billion frames per second it's realer than reality and it's like Were you epileptic before you started <laughs> well you're gonna be now <laughs> exactly and it's like what is even the point of this <laughs> what like your game sucks for example call of duty 
I've never been able to finish a Call of Duty story. It kills me yeah. on the inside to play that garbage. I'm not a fan. I haven't ever been a fan. Like, they're cool. Again, the fatigue sets in real fast with those. And that's, we're talking about, are we talking about the first-person shooter Call of Duty? Yeah. Because there's the original, original Call of Duty that was a strategic... See, uh, the original Call of Duty was amazing. Yeah, the ones on the PC, that's when I played those. The yeah, strategic. back when they were, like, Ghost Recon. It was, it was... Everything about that era, like, you know, there was a part where I just kind of feel like I, I, oh, there's a part of my childhood is like, couldn't we have just stayed? <laughs> like, no, you know stuff? what game that does uh, that does that to me? I think about it all the time because it was the legit first person strategy and it was the first three Rainbow Six games. Yeah, the Ray the Tom Clancy games. Yeah, yeah, those I like were Splinter Cell too, though. I like Splinter that Cell was so fucking good, but Just there was something kind of... about the brain power that was required to work through the squads. Yes, right. you have the map that you can see, and you as the boss give everybody orders, but you control one character. So you go ahead and you give them instructions. You go to that room or you go this way. You clear that space and you got a simple objective, uh, stop a bomb or save hostage or whatever the case might be. But it was a one hit, one kill in every direction. Every yeah. level was played at night. You had night vision for almost everything. You have to be quiet. You really sit before you even move at the beginning of each level and you just open the map and you look at what you got. What do I know where what is? How can I move around? How do I strategize? How do I send my guys out? But all of that died with the current day Rainbow oh, Six. Geez. It's like, yeah, well, everything I feel like I am not a fan of first person shooters. I'm going to say straight out. Uh, that puts me right out for half the gaming community. Nobody even wants to hear what I have to say. That's fine. Um, it was cool. There were a few that, you know, stuck out. Halo, Doom. You know, I was here for the founding ones. You guys should watch that. Um, what the hell's the name of the documentary that's on Netflix right now about the video game industry? High score. Yeah, thank you. High score. Check that out. It shows all about when these games weren't around and how they first appeared. But it just feels like at this point, isn't it just literally the same thing with a new skin? And why is everyone still like you said, why do we invest in the same broken shit? Well, why hasn't it set in at all that these games are lit? Maybe Fortnite is the answer to that because it's like these games with a little bit of acid injected into it. So it's like clowns and Definitely. cartoony shit. But ultimately, like, isn't this literally the same fucking game for the last 10 years, at least the literal same engine mechanics, everything about it? It's it's close. I see where you're coming from, definitely. It's the same argument that we have for, like, why buy NBA 2K2019 and then buy NBA 2K2020? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? This doesn't make any sense. But what I will say is there is a difference between the first-person games from one another but not the first person games from themselves yeah like within the franchise it's basically yes. the same shit over like and over. call of duty has become the 2k of shooters yeah. every single year in november without fail a new call of duty and they do it the same way they pass all the advancements and crap that they came up with to the other team. And it jumps back between Infinity Ward and Treyarch. So they bounce it back. Okay, you guys have it. Now we're, we got two years to work on ours. 
But we're going to wait for you to make your advancements and put it into the new game that comes out this year. And then you pass it back and we use those and then you use our so on and so far. So it's always a little more tweaked and always a little tighter and always works a little. And then they switch a single tiny thing and everybody loses your mind because that's how the gaming Mm -hmm. community works. But you move from one first person game to the other and suddenly it feels too different. Call of Duty to Call of Duty, all identical. But they're made for quick pace, fast action, many guns, run and gun. That community hates campers. Now you look at something like Call of Duty versus Battlefield, and suddenly you get a very intense, different feeling where nobody's complaining about campers in Battlefield. In fact, Mm -hmm. your team is the weak one if you don't have campers because you need snipers posted on top of every possible building aiming their guns down at the street so that they can clear your path across the street so that you can break into the building and capture the flag or whatever you're doing. Suddenly you have a very giant different dynamic because one map is ginormous and has... 200 players while the other map is minuscule and six versus six but then you have the other first person game which is the current day rainbow six it's four on four it's a tiny little place and there's strategy four guys have a hostage they barricaded themselves in there you got to get in there three shots you're dead but you have a specific set of equipment and so do they now from one to the other all these games look different but why would I buy any of these games more than once every 10 years? Right, exactly. And I could maybe give it to anybody who missed the one before. Like, all right, I'm finally old enough. My parents said I could get one of these games. All right, well, don't buy Call of Duty that's like five years old. Get the one that just came out today and you know, learn the shit out of that one because that'll at least get your skills up to whatever we need you to be at for the next one. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then the next one you'll buy, you'll at least be ready for five years from now. But you're right. And it's like even like, again, all right, Devil's Brigade, Vietnam, Roman Wars. This is not enough to make me buy the game again. That you know, Okay, so we're putting skins on for them, you know, unless yep. maybe Ancient Rome, I guess, I See, could possibly... This is me. why I stopped playing Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I say, oh, exa- oh, I'm right there with you, man. Like, I <laughs> loved like the, the first one. I'm yeah, one. dude, I loved the gimmick. It was amazing. The first, I got to part three, or well, let's see, I did one, two, and Revelation. Was it Revelations? No, there was a third one in there before that. Um, I think it was, oh, maybe it was. Revelations. I think it was Revelation, or was it Brotherhood? Brotherhood. Brotherhood. There you go. It was Brotherhood. Yeah. So I did four. I did four in, and then a fuck ton happened in the middle. And I'm like, because by the time I got to to uh, Revelations, I'm like, the story's great, but like nothing's happening in this gameplay. This is yeah. the same game again. Then I took a giant break and I jumped back in on Syndicate because you know they went to my home land like i'm gonna of course i'm gonna go play some london shit but then it's like god this map is so bland like i was born here and every street looks the same everything looks identical and you want me to enjoy this world when the gameplay is the same the only fun thing is that you're introducing me to people from history and making them quirky eccentric characters but it's like this isn't fu- Jesus Christ. Look at this fucking list. What the hell am I looking at? That's what I'm saying. See, like I was about to say, like I kind of felt like right around two, I was like, oh shit, is this really going to be just the same game over and over again? Except that I, I didn't, I wasn't ready to leave Altair. I didn't, you know, I hadn't, I still haven't beaten the first one, so I don't know if he, I guess he dies in that one because then it's all Ezio afterwards. So 
Two, I was sort of put off by, even though I owned it. And then three looked interesting because it's like, okay, wait, Revolutionary War, Native Americans. Oh, this could be interesting. And then four came along and it's like Black Flag. Now we're doing Pirates. This I could see if we're starting to go into these like we're literally shifting the game, the playing field. That I'm down time. for. That I'm, I could be more forgiving of constantly putting titles into the into the franchise. But if it's just, OK, Vietnam, but it's the same shit and you could unlock modern warrior version. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, <laughs> like, really? But this list is crazy. I didn't realize there was this much fucking shit going on. Well, now that. Wow. Yeah, I just remember seeing Valhalla like and that's, I guess, a big PS5 title. Really I love that at least for a little while they'll be putting out the same titles on both PS4 and 5 because I failed to secure a pre-order so i'm one of those people who will have to be hoping that somewhere in the january february time frame there will be more ps5 no dude i'm gonna tell you the same thing i've told everybody every time give it like a year before you touch that thing because it's gonna come out a piece of garbage the way it has every time dude remember i mean just think back now and i i only just now my ps3 gave me the yellow light of death six months ago i haven't done anything about that but i remember when my xbox 360 finally gave me the red ring of death and i was like holy shit i was thinking i was lucking out and mine was just not gonna have that happen but here it is like clockwork <laughs> it's like so no, you know give it, a, give it some time for them to work out those bugs <laughs> where they know that your shit's gonna fully break down yeah i highly recommend waiting but out of this list right so I played Assassin's Creed first one. I skipped whatever the fuck these two are. I got I part two. Like, well, one's a DS version, right? So it's okay, Altair's. and the other one's a PSP. PSP. Got yes. you. That does, see, to me, that doesn't count. But whatever, you know. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Like... Fair enough. Then I got to two. I didn't touch Discovery. I didn't even know that shit was on Nintendo. So okay, again. And iOS. So wait a minute. There's Apple version. You know, what? like what? <laughs> I didn't even see that. I know that was a thing. But then I did Seriously? Brotherhood and Revelations. I got to through those four. I mm. ignored fucking three. I'm like, this is just too repetitive now. I ignored Liberation. I ignored Black Flag. I ignored Pirates. I didn't even know Pirates was a thing. But I got yeah. Freedom Cry because it was just the Pirates part minus all the land shit. Yeah. I was like, now you've got my attention because Black Flag is like Pirates as a gimmick. Oh, see, all right. I didn't know that. Yes. I just saw, I've only seen the trailers from it at this point. Like, yeah, it's like you're a pirate, but you eventually dock, come on land, and your pirate is your bit. Your boat is essentially home base for the most part. Uh, While Freedom see. Cry is about sailing. Nice. So, so you have to actually do you actually sail the boat? You yes. Control? You can either control the boat or put somebody to control it while you're running guns. You have a whole crew that you build. It's amazing. And there's a lot of tiny little islands versus giant maps that you have to explore. So it's ah, a nice. lot of water. Then ignored Rogue, ignored Unity, and the Chronicle series I watched my girlfriend play, which are amazing side scroller versions of it that take you to different parts and they all play differently actually. It's really interesting. Wow. Chronicles China, India, and Russia. Those are all really good. But then I personally jumped back in on Syndicate. Gameplay fucking identical. The map beautiful but indistinguishable when you come down to granular levels when you're like roaming the uh-huh. streets and shit. It's all identical. Gotcha. And then that's where I really just threw in the flag and I'm like I'm done. Yeah, I don't care. And Valhalla seems interesting just because it's like, well, you throw some crazy Vikings at something that's gonna have some action that we aren't we're not expecting. And I'm sure they're gonna go the extra mile because it's a PS5 title, so uh, and set to be released on the PS5 release date. So 
you know, that's probably got some meat to it that um, we're going to, you know, it's the one that probably I would buy on PS4. And then when I finally get a PS5, sell the PS4 copy and go get the PS5 copy. I would highly recommend you just get the digital copy because you get a free upgrade. Actually, if you buy the PS4 copy, you get an upgrade anyways. You just put the disc into the PS5 and the option to upgrade will show up. Oh, there you go. Well, shit, yeah. Because I, 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 I am frothing at the mouth for the next um, uh, Zero Dawn Horizon Horizon Zero Dawn game. Oh my god! They're, they've that... been discussing, well, not discussing the game company themselves, but the rumors are that it's sort of inevitable that they'll make it a uh, multiplayer because of the type of world that it is. It would be amazing to be able to explore that. Oh, like add a new character that you could play through the whole maps of the first two games as a, as opposed to what's her game? What's her name again in that game? Aloy. What's... Aloy, holy shit. No, you know what I was hoping for? And I'm almost a little sad that it didn't happen this way because they did show us Aloy, and I'm uh, I'm astounded that they are taking Aloy to most of the world. She somehow gets to China. I don't know how the fuck that happened, but whatever. But what I find completely amazing about uh, that tragically didn't happen was actually Rust, the guy who raised her, Mm-hmm. His fucking story is oh. so goddamn crazy that his yeah. wife and daughter were killed, and then he left the for the sacred mother's crown or whatever the fuck, and he roamed outside to kill twelve motherfuckers. That game would be amazing, that would be badass dude. <laughs> Holy Just shit! Just show us that prequel. I want to play Rust with or a hit of you know twelve guys. Keep that to us on PS4 to hold us over for all of us who can't get the ps5 at launch because i think that's what the the next one is automatically slated for ps5 i i know they're they're saying it's going to come out on ps4 everything's going to come out on both but i have a feeling like things like this where you know that that first game was so big that it was probably pushing the limits of the uh the capabilities of the hardware and you know at this point with the bar set there it can only go up i mean i i've even been probably unfairly comparing um the the tomb raider game i'm playing to uh horizon because it's very similar in structure you know you have this huge map and there's all these different areas where you have to go and complete side missions that if you do them you'll have a better and easier time and you'll be stronger to complete the main story missions um so it's kind of open world but guided open world and i almost felt a little bit like well wait a minute you know in my mind when i played horizon zero dawn like guess two two years ago now that game kind of like was now the gold standard for this type of adventure game for me so you know maybe this game probably was overshadowed by it a little bit but i think uh, horizon still feels like it's a little bit bigger um i'm like i think a quarter way through the lara croft game and that's pretty quick for that to happen compared to what horizon was no horizon was some absurdly large game it was ridiculous and it, it actually wasn't pushing the system's hardware to a particularly uh, complex level the really? yeah they the way they worked around the game running things was the genius part they actually made it so that the anything you're looking at is loaded and anything you're not isn't there so the game is rendering only uh, what's real? in front of you rather uh, than exhausting itself and keeping the world existing around you at all times. That's crazy. That's funny. That that exact phenomenon is uh, 
the basis for this movie about the Mandela effect that I think you can watch on Amazon Prime now. So everyone should go check that out. It's actually called the Mandela effect. But they talk about how there's an actual philosophical argument that we can't prove that that's not happening to each of us every moment of the day <laughs> that you're only the only world that really exists is what you see in front of you that's the only thing being rendered well actually we i don't think it's a matter of a uh, a theory i think it's completely factual that that's what's happening you can prove that's what's happening just through logical breakdown your eyes receive the light that's in front of you that goes through the nerves in your eyes that gets sent to your neurons to process your brain receives it creates an image out of it oh shit yeah you're right dude oh my god yeah so only what you're looking at is kind of the only thing that exists in your particular universe yes there's a space that you exist in that's objective from your perception but you kind of can't perceive it yeah it always whenever like this conversation happens talking about this like the whole idea that like nothing really exists until your brain processes it so we don't really know what the world we exist in is it could just be a digital matrix i i sometimes just picture in my mind we're all floating around in this gigantic gray undefined like gelatinous liquid and it's just like reading all of our minds and processing like the the simulation of the matrix like what we're all seeing you know what i mean and how how the hologram has to interact with each other for us to all maintain a view of the same shared world man that's uh, the that's the part that fucks with me because at the end of the day we can prove through like i can prove through my own perception that i'm here you know i i think therefore i am i see therefore i am i witness uh, there's awareness yeah. happening but the scary part is we cannot prove an objective external world. We're just assuming everyone else is truly experiencing what we're experiencing right. because they're really there. But we can't really prove they're really there. So we can't really prove the objective reality either. We can only prove ourselves. Now, if I can prove you exist... By default, I can prove there's a world that even if we're not perceiving it equally, that there must be somewhere we are at. Yeah. But I actually can't prove you exist. So I can't prove I where we're at. I can't, I can't fathom the concept of all of these phenomenons just happening in nothing. It has to have some kind of containment. But what is interesting about why this part of the conversation arises from talking about video games, at least for me, is that there's all this footage on the internet. I go down all these rabbit holes still to the degree you're still able to. A lot of channels have been shut down. A lot of stuff you've been able to find in the past on YouTube is now nowhere to be found. But uh, Elon Musk constantly talks about um, one of the things that is difficult for us as far as the the phenomenon we're discussing, the Im improvability of the objective world and the way we perceive the world is he, he will always say, you know, it's going to get to some point where we're not going to be able to perceive the difference between video games and reality. And I'm like, why does he keep harping on that in particular? Why is it video games that he keeps using? What about what if it was holographic film or what if it was Blu-ray technology outside of a disc you know like a, a projected blu-ray like why is it always video games and so i keep thinking let's let's posit that there is going to be this crossover where suddenly we don't realize it but we've been hijacked and now we're in this uh thing that we can't distinguish is not reality because the technology is so strong 
when did that happen? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what did we all just go to sleep? And as we were asleep, we got picked up and dropped in or like, I feel like there still has to be that moment where that happens. And then how do you erase that? From well, no, in, in this scenario, right in the scenario that you're painting, if uh, we, we have to assume, yes, objective reality is real. You're real. I'm real. Everybody's yeah. real. Right. But we're reaching that point. And ironically, the guy predicting it is going to be the cause of the problem. The guy who builds it. <laughs> yeah, because he's creating Neuralink, right? So mm-hmm. Neuralink is going to allow us to just send a message to our phone. We can text with our minds. We can, I can Google shit just by thinking about it. But let's think of the technology that's paired with Neuralink, right? There's the ocular implant and there's the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the visual implant. Yeah. So one is so that you can just make a call thinking about it and you then have the call play in your head because you got the audio implant. Of course, these are just uh, experimental and they're not going to be out for maybe 10, 15 years. But this is the technology we're talking about, right? So you get the implant. You could make a call just by thinking about it. By that time, your ability to interface and connect with your neural link will be so easy that just thinking about the person's name saying call in your head works and you're connected now they're somewhere talking you're somewhere talking neither one of you is holding up a phone great okay mm-hmm. fantastic it's just a natural extension of like earbuds or whatever the fuck you know simple right, right then there's the visual implant the way they explain this is they put the implant they don't remove your eye or anything they put this in imp- well i guess they pull your eye forward so that they could install it but it goes around the nerve of your eye and it stimulates your eye to then create the illusion of looking at a screen in front of you right (laughs) oh my god yeah starting to get kind of weird right because you have the computer happening in your head and in theory this is very safe very logical thing there's no messages coming in to your brain they're intentionally avoiding the manipulation of messages in your brain by directly creating the audio, not creating it in your brain, but creating it as a sound and creating a visual distinction by superimposing what looks like a screen. Right. So let's say you are particularly rich or the technology over the next 10 years becomes so efficient that you can get an ocular implant on both of your eyes. I mean, both your ears, not just one, and a visual implant on both of your eyes, not just one. So you can have a full computer experience, right? Now let's think of Black Mirror very quickly. I was about to say, this. we should have talked about Black Mirror like hours ago at this point. But yeah, absolutely. Black yeah. Mirror is. So there's that episode where there's the soldier. I guess he's a retired soldier. And he's living at home in this beautiful environment that's completely amazing. And somewhere towards the end of the episode, you realize he lives in a shitty garbage dump, but the implant he got put in his head allows him to see everything as if it's amazing, including his partner, who seemingly doesn't even exist. She's an illusion created by the sensory things he's experiencing. This is also the one where, like, it was making them see the enemy as, like, insect people. Yes. So that they would be easier for them to just kill them. And meanwhile, for a split second, he saw their real form because they had this, like, pen that would counteract the chip and i feel like yeah isn't like he thinks he's like back home i think didn't he say hi to his mom or something and then like he's in prison yeah he's just standing there in on on the side of the street and when they cut at the end yeah he's sitting on the bed in the prison right like yep that episode was nuts we also have the same uh 
technology coming into play in a couple other episodes that jump to mind. Like there's the one episode where uh, ladies getting tortured. Well, there's the dinner party and the guy keeps replaying like not only his memories, but his girlfriend's memories. And he starts no- or he he's replaying his memories and noticing that in glances he made, he could see his girlfriend kind of making eyes or, or like being intimate with someone else at the party. And it turns out that they had an affair or something. And it was like, this whole thing where like the, I don't know if she was dead. Yeah. This is the episode, uh, entire history of you. Where is that? Oh, I see it up there. I'm trying. What was the basic plot of this? I know is that he got so obsessed with replaying something that happened at this one dinner party that he wound up losing the relationship over it. And it was just kind of one of those things where like on the surface, this seems like a great idea. Why wouldn't you want this? But then, you know, when you start looking into the way like therapists, like, you know, uh, modern psychology, some things you should just leave in the past. This actually brings up an interesting point, which is there was recently i would say less than five years uh time from now there was a scenario in which a woman lost her baby i think it was and there was a hologram or a audio recording that was manipulated so that the child could speak to the parent it was in Japan, I think. It was some Asian country. I remember that much. And it was so that she could experience the last, or not the last moments, but experience a moment to sort of, in theory, get closure from her baby. Mm. And This is in real life we're talking about This is about in right real now? life. This is a real piece of technology in which there was Asians or something that, I don't remember what it was exactly. I remember it was uh, a hologram or something. And she was, the problem was that the lady kept her playing it over and over and over and over, exploring the hologram of her dead child. And she sort of got addicted because she couldn't, like, she at least has this of her child. Is this it? Mother reunited with deceased daughter. What the fuck is a click on that? Oh shit! In what virtual the fuck is reality, this? grieving mother reunited with dead daughter. I think it was reality. virtual reality. This is the sick shit, man. This is the sick shit. This is where we. This is where we fuck everything up. <laughs> this is where it goes off the rails. You know, this is where Black Mirror starts. This kind of shit right here. I mean. Granted, I would be tempted. I, I probably would do it too, you know, if I had an opportunity to do this, talk to somebody who's not here anymore. Um, but it starts to play into all this, like, is it really her? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not really her, right? Or, or is it really her? Because it's all of its, um, you know, responses to you are based on neural mapping, maybe, or some shit. Now, are we know. seeing here what the fuck she's seeing? Yeah, because there's the green screen. Oh, wow. But even that, like, you can't really touch her unless those gloves make you, you know, sort of recreate the sensation of touching her. You know, it's like sort of, well, who knows? Maybe we do have that technology. There's probably perverts out there going like, yeah, you guys don't know what you're talking about. There's gloves that you could feel everything. Yeah, I think it's only a a short amount of time before porn is the reason we come up with a full sensory body suit. (laughs) I'm sure. I I feel like they're working on it. (laughs) I feel like it's there's every once in a while there's rumors surfacing that that shit is closer than we think (laughs) that like and they say sex robots are the final thing that's going to lull us 
into being complacent as we get taken over by, you know, our alien overlords or the artificially intelligent robots or or that there it's like going to be a Westworld situation that while we're all getting it on with our robots that we buy, they're just going to all go haywire and revolt on us at the same time, catching but us literally. Here's actually what, what I'm getting to with this, that after we have that technology implanted that Musk is coming up with, right? Yeah. It's still electronic. It's still technology. What stops somebody from hacking into that? Like, just as good as the technology gets, so do the hackers. Mm -hmm. So what stops eventually? Like, Elon Musk is going to get it, too. He's creating all this technology because he's lazy and he wants it. Well, I'll put it like this. Anyone who's played any of the Deus Ex games, to bring it back to video games real quick, uh, it was Mankind Evolved, where there is one of the plot points is... You, I mean, you're this augmented, um, you know, detective or whatever the fuck, cop, and um, you keep getting messages from the company that everybody goes to. Like, there's this, you know, Microsoft of of human uh, augmentation of the future in this game, and it keeps saying, like, you know, the new operating system is out. You have to go get your upgrade. Come get your software upgraded. It's gonna stop your stuff from glitching. Uh, and one of the secrets for the game, spoiler alert, is if you just don't get that upgrade done, when you go to fight the last boss, he has a, an attack that throws all of your powers and augmentations offline. And if you didn't get the upgrade, that attack is powerless on you and you're able to still aim and shoot and kill the guy really quick. I had to fight him crippled. <laughs> See, here's a game I did beat, man, <laughs> where some shit like that happened. And I was like, dude, this whole guy I spent this whole game building up, making him so fucking badass and that's how they got us and i feel like when we start to talk about someone actually creating something like Neuralink, that kind of shit if it's already been in a fucking video game come on man it is gonna happen for real that's gonna happen someone's sure. gonna hack this shit and there is gonna be like two like gangs of random citizens came together in a parking lot for a Royal Rumble rivaling any major video game title and it'll be because some crazy hackers in Russia and China or somewhere else maybe another planet by that point just to see us beat each other up like Rock'em Sock'em robots you know what I mean like uh, what was that movie isn't that um, the Kingsman isn't that the plot of the Kingsman at the end that they kind of activate everybody to just kill each other all across the planet a hundred percent there's so many fucked up things like th- their possibilities are seemingly endless what stops uh, the government from being the ones who hack because you know there, there's a terrorist somewhere and we gotta be able to see everybody's information of whatever the fuck so we gotta look in so we know when somebody's committing crimes or whatever or, so whatever fucking reason uh, they, they just got. activate somebody like a Manchurian candidate when they need to cover the tracks of an uh, internal operation like hey we're gonna assassinate the president today but we're gonna have this other guy stand exactly in the right spot that the trajectory of the bullet flies over his shoulder but we put guns on him and we wiped his memory so he's not gonna know what he's doing there and we're just gonna arrest him and the whole world will have the newly Harvey Oswald oh no you're thinking small scope man you gotta think of you gotta overlay a couple of technologies we can already easily have deep fake technology what stops us from completely killing somebody and then over our augmented eyes and ears hear and see the person who's dead would we even be able to tell the difference i mean there are people 
who have that theory out there that that's what happened on 9-11, man, that people are like, you didn't really see planes. Anyone who wasn't in New York saw them on TV, and it's easy to fake that. And the people in the city, more and more reports are surfacing that they just heard explosions. They didn't really see a plane. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? We've been getting deep faked hard for 20 years that we could document you know before that god knows and you know like there was always the theory that if they showed it in a movie then it's already been happening in reality and like uh on a recent episode of the hollow nine uh my buddy chris Stiles said if there's ever a movie we could can uh compare what we're living in now to it's got to be the running man right and they had deep fakes in that where they full-on kill a stuntman but they projected that it was arnold schwarzenegger's face over it so the audience at home sees arnold getting killed and meanwhile the people in the studio when they deactivate that effect they see the dead stuntman and you're like dude that guy showed up for work today and didn't get to go home it's fucked isn't it like what (laughs) reality is pretty flimsy not only are we even at this moment struggling to identify whether our own surroundings are real but let's Mm. say they theoretically are then we're gonna sooner or later become the borg by default through tiny little increments of technological augmentations we already have our phones that do all our thinking for us we don't keep our phone numbers in mind we don't know any routes we don't know how to get anywhere and we don't uh, come in contact with any but we have all a virtual identity as well this is ridiculous so we're we're internet people (laughs) we just have this weird meat body we gotta feed and make sure it doesn't die to reconnect every day how long before i do have a pod that i can go lay down in and it keeps all the nutrients i need in my body and it massages my muscles so that my body stays healthy and i can live my normal lifespan completely connected into this fictional world through a headset and bodysuit that does everything for me and i feel like i'm really there and i can't tell the difference well, what if we play that scenario out where that's actually a preferable option? Because there are some uh, channels out there on YouTube, uh, especially with the whole fact that there's another Matrix movie coming out in 2021 and everyone's back into theorizing about the Matrix. And there's a theory out there that what if the machines were actually the heroes by keeping the human race alive on a planet that could no longer sustain life because of the war we fought? And you know, in the scenario you're talking about there, the only thing that those pods didn't have were the muscle stimulation um, because they assumed you'd never actually be using that physical body out in the physical world. But that basically was what it was. It's like you're in a pod in a protein gel, you're being fed oxygen and everything else that you need, and your mind is being occupied so that you think you're in the world. And to be quite honest with you, if you saw what the real world looked like right now, which this is kind of giving me chills, because what's to say this shit didn't happen? (laughs) You know what I mean? What's to say that we are not already past that point, and we're those people inside the game going, hey, so we're just characters in a video game? That's kind of fucked up. Why can't I manifest superpowers then? (laughs) Um, You know what I mean? Like, the idea idea that you you would rather that's the only way you can live the the planet you have is uninhabitable so you might as well do this this is the only way to keep it you know keep it possible until we figure something out we don't know it's going to take a hundred years to cleanse the planet from all the shit you guys threw around whatever it's going to take if it's ever going to go back you know they had coronavirus times a billion out there (laughs) what's interesting about that is my initial uh upon watching the first movie initially what i thought was that 
Because, like, they were not just in a pod thing, but the only visual we get of the world is what seems to be infinite computers in every direction. So, like, yeah. they're, they're traveling through tunnels of computers, the planet consumed by the computers. So, I, I feel like the, the argument here is they're being used as fuel, but, like, that doesn't really hold up considering every single material a human being is made out of is more right. abundant throughout the rest of the universe. They were even saying that it would cost more power to run that structure than if they would be getting off. Yeah, just having <laughs> to keep the people alive versus directly taking the nutrients for yourself. It seems like you're wasting more. So it, theoretically, it is most likely out of all the scenarios that rather than enslaving humanity, the computers were programmed, created by somebody during the collapse right. with the singular purpose of keeping humanity alive one way or another to bring yeah. it back to video games. How is that any different than Horizon? Oh my god, <laughs> Horizon! That's what I—I I remember just being like, literally, like I gasped when some of the story elements revealed themselves. At the Me end too. Of the game. Me I was too. Just like, I was like, oh, what? This is because of the way that they show. Uh, it just, I just—I—I feel like it was so. This is what would happen. Like, imagine the next civilization after us when they find all these relics of like our cities and they find like somebody's discarded PSP that still kind of works and someone else finds a Nintendo Switch that still kind of works, but there's no context for it. Nobody knows what the fuck they are. They're going to think that those are magic boxes. You know what I mean? And they're going to maybe aspire to build things they see in some of the video games in there. You know, that's kind of the same, you know level of reality i felt with the concept behind how the world of horizon evolved and that's why i think i'm just like i cannot wait to see what they do next with this i Especially think the world of what, horizon wait. and the world of fallout are two of the most thought out uh futures of any scenario like what yeah. is the conclusion of this series of events and i particularly like i don't know how i feel about 76 like i haven't played that but the later storyline games where it's been 200 300 years and technology yeah. has adapted and people are living in certain circumstances there's even some functional non-shitty cities taking place in certain areas how that looks is yeah. comparable to Horizon, where they've adapted and developed into these, like the Roman Empire is happening again in mm -hmm. uh, Horizon, where that the main place in the jungle, what the fuck are they called? Those people with the king or whatever the fuck. You remember them? Uh, when she finds that city, right? When there's all that, like, sort of like the tent city outside of it. Of yes, exactly. Yeah. Like there's civilization happening all over again, but now with the tech and crap that they've found minus the memory so right. they base things on what they've seen like you said without any context for how it's happened and the genius was as soon as they they had the scientists like find a way to have the machines be able to take organic matter and consume it and turn it into uh, fissionable electronic fuel for them. I was like, yeah, because the that would be the only that was the only hole I was waiting for you guys to fill on this because you have robotics robots acting like animals, which is the only way we're marrying this sort of modern future tech look with the sort of native culture we got going on with the heroes. And once all that plays out in that meeting that she finds the hologram tape of, I was just like. 
this is going to happen it, or if or it already happened for all i know this is too well thought out like this just took me like this is the first real time i could see that a video game experience took me to a level where i was like philosophically psychologically like left spinning afterwards like oh the my. only part of that that legitimately freaks me out when it comes to the real world is the 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 one line in there where the guy who owns the company says i don't want a back door yes. nobody should be able to hack this and then the guy with the code is dead what the fuck are you talking about the guy <laughs> with the code is dead so just you just no back door no way to hack it he's like no i don't care hack it no 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 you don't get it you told me no back door so the coder added no back door and now we don't have that guy anymore so these are just uncontrollable rogue fucking computers you know where this problem really comes to exist a couple of years ago, FBI needed the records for a criminal. I think it was uh, either a murder yes. case or something. And Apple was like, no, you're not going to have it. But Apple has is known for creating a code intentionally that is unhackable. Every other device could be hacked. Every right. other device is flimsy because they rely on the ability to for anybody to make and code and create for them, like Android. Android might be uh, a little laggier, but it's fully customizable. The difference is Apple is not. Nobody gets in that system. Only they know how to work that system. Nobody has the right. Now, what if every single one of those people who know how to work with it is gone? How right. long would it take us to figure it out? Is there a way to figure it out? Because, yeah, say, there's... The... Can it be? Is it yeah. one of those things where it can't be and you're just left with, so this is how we all die? Oh, that's fucking great. Exactly. So what if Apple is the one who makes the... Because I'm not against the belief that every tech company is secretly somehow involved in the technology wars that are happening. Oh, yeah. Like, somehow some Apple drone is out there bombing people. I don't give a fuck. Some shit like that is playing out. Except they sell their technology. Mm -hmm. You know, this is how it really plays out. They sell their technology. And to, to whatever, it's a company. Whatever is going to pay me, I'm going to sell it to. And so somebody like, for war wants to buy it. Well, I guess we're making some weapons. Yeah, or like they'll put in an order for just part of it. They're like, oh, we need an algorithm that identifies this because we're trying to figure out a way to reseed once demolished natural areas so that we could get vegetation back. And you design that. They're like, oh, yeah, we could also apply that to dying soldiers and people who want to bring back and augment with uh, robotics, right? Yeah, thanks for doing that. And you're like, wait, wait, wait. That's not what you told us to build. We built this thing and you're applying it to that. But holy shit, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like now it's too late and they're probably killing us if this was a movie they're definitely killing us as soon as we do well no let's take this to the next horror level every piece of what we're talking about already exists individually there was yeah. an episode of um black mirror where they made these bees that were yes. to repollinate but yes. those bees are real and they had the kill code that made it go after people, and they were saying, "Yes, if people tweet live or die will not kill this person." Uh, that was one of my favorite episodes. Of well, the show. no, those bees are actually real. Oh, I know in Japan, right? Did yes, Japan they bees? really have a bee that can turn organic matter into honey, and it huh. pollinates plants. It does all the functions that a bee does. It can pollinate, it can create honey, it can create an ecosystem for bees to come back to and reproduce. Now, 
That's the ability to create organic material. So if we have enough destroyed, let's say, if we theoretically in the world had a place that maybe a bunch of jackasses decided to burn a bunch of the forest. So we managed to get rid of those jackasses, but how are we going to bring this natural life back? Oh, let's get some robots and put them into that environment. So we send a bunch of robots to Brazil who can turn organic matter into what what the environment needs to survive so that the natural, real animals come there. But wait, we don't want anybody to capture our technology and hack it. So get that Apple code and put it into these robots so that nobody could hack them. And we just have to ask Apple for permission anytime we need to change something in the programming. Okay, now we have creatures that use organic matter to create energy, but they're robots. So they're faster, stronger, and more capable. Now, let's say somebody decided to drop that bug into this Brazil restoration program. How long before that bitch is done these robots should be able to reproduce that's part of the point right these robots should be able to use organic yes so we have all the parts we just have them separate (laughs) we're missing the elon musk that says but what about the eye augmentation come what about ar combined with the ocular sound augmentation combined with our phone it happened before we used to have just a phone and just a computer but now we have a phone and computer. We used to have a phone, a computer, and a map. And we used to send letters. Now we can send letters, make a call, enter the internet, and navigate with the same device. How is any of these conclusions any different? It actually is pretty horrifying when you think about, like, I watched Dances with Wolves the other day, and here this guy just wants to go out to the frontier and sit there with his journal and look up at the sky and count stars. And and if in that time you wrote a letter to somebody, you were lucky if you got one back. If you did, it would be like months later. Here, you write a letter to somebody now, and they write back to you within seconds. And if they don't, you actually get pissed about it. You know what I mean? Like, this is a landmark right here, like a marker in human civilization. And when you think about exactly what he wanted to see the world before it's gone, and now it's gone, what we're talking about, I lament the 90s and 80s the way this guy lamented the prairie. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, and and this is all just our versions of how the, the planes are disappearing for us and, and the things that we thought were just kind of mainstays, things being fixed without being broken. In the name of pro- of progression, I think is the thing here's here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with that. It needs to happen, right? What's the alternative? Stagnation. True. Well, well, yeah, exactly. And while some people probably would be happy with that, <laughs> you know, um, there is, you know, how do you figure out what is the ratio of balance between necessity of progression versus killing boredom as a species? I mean, it's not even about killing boredom. It's really just about nature <laughs> itself moves us forward, right? No matter what we're going to be moving forward. Why does, uh, why did the Big Bang need to create matter that then created stars? Why did stop at stars? Why did planets need to happen? Why did right. pla- why did why was there a planet that could create life? And why did life have to get more complicated? And why did that complicated life have to make science? And why did that science have to get more complicated? Eventually, it's going to be robotics, and they're going to be the ones running the show, but they're going to want to make things more complicated until they make the next thing that's going to supersede them, and that's going to continue making things more complicated. It's sort of just nature that doesn't really seem to be 
a reason for it. It's just self-feeding beast of the you know nature of things. Like, yeah, it's just, just propelling us forward no matter what. It's like a shark. If you don't keep swimming, you're just gonna die. But it's almost like to me, there's there's a certain level of like to again bring it back to video games. Like you know, at some point, you know, in the strat military strategy games like Command and Conquer used to be, and and all those. It's like, yeah, all right, I've got enough security towers and shit that this isn't even fun anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I've built all I can build. I've mined all I can mine. Um, we've gone to a point where now we're just coming up with new technology for the sake of coming up with new technology. And when you look at something like social media as like a byproduct of that and the arguability of how that has changed the way we think and communicate and our sort of the one of the main sort of essences and fabrics of our society, it's sort of starts to at least beg that question of like, okay, is there a point, you know, could we ever stop? Like, did we need HD when we didn't know what we were missing? But then once we got HD, did we have to go to 4k? And then once we get 4k and 8k, and then I guess we have to go to hologram. And then, well, you know what? I need that shit just beamed directly into my brain because hologram isn't even real enough for me. I mean, you know? for real, but let, let's, let's ground it. Let's bring that all the way back. Why don't you just work a job you hate and go home and watch the shows they give you? Why must you also create? What's, what's the ultimate purpose? What's the ultimate goal? What are you getting out of doing it? Hmm. I could see it on an individual level, like, because there's things I want to do that I haven't done yet. There's things I want to achieve I haven't achieved yet. And maybe some of those things wouldn't even be possible to achieve if we hadn't been constantly still exploring the space here, right? Yeah, I get that. But, like, there's no real motivation behind it other than the want, right? Yeah, yeah, just the the feeling compelled by some undefinable force. Exactly. Now you put that energy that you have and you assume everybody has some form of that energy, but we can't get rid of all of it. We get rid of as much of it as we can by putting it into the universe. And so we make podcasts and we make movies and we write books and we do whatever. But some of that energy is still trapped there because there's no way for us to accomplish everything we imagine. Now... If there's 1% from you and 1% from me and 1% from him and her and them and these people, there's 7 billion people, almost 8. We take all of that potential left over. In small amounts, it's nothing. 1% from each. Great. Fantastic. It's insignificant. But we have almost 8 billion of that 1%. Every 100, we have a whole person's worth of energy just left over. There are... 8 billion people and every 100 people we have a whole other one extra person's worth of energy how many people's worth of energy do we have at 8 billion people and where does that energy go yeah holy shit and i mean obviously it's been building up right because the number of people keeps going up like the people before that uh Actually, I remember having this conversation with someone about but the, the term they were using was souls. You know, like when there were less people, there were obviously less souls necessary. But now that there's more people, you know, like how do you account for, you know, some of the religious kind of dogmas when it's not like there's always been the same number of souls on the planet and you can't really argue uh, otherwise because it's one soul per one person. And I was like, oh, man. So I wonder if like some of the souls that are around now, and this is, I, you know, I don't mean to take it too spiritual. I'm not like a super spiritual person at all. Uh, I hope I'm not offending anybody, but it's like the idea that like, 
some of those souls have to be recycled, right? So this then brings rise to accepting the concept of past lives and multiple lives and then therefore afterlife. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so maybe that plays into part of the why keep going forward, why not stagnate too? Is because, yeah, oh man, everybody's going on this ride more than a few times, <laughs> you know, and maybe that extra energy left over from that eight billion is because that that would maybe be duplicates, right? Like we're we're doubling our capacity. So that we're doubling our experience. We're doubling our ability to experience, you know? Yeah, we're that, multiplying the rate of growth. This is an interesting thing you like, bring up there, because if we say, like, right, everybody has that 1% left over, right? So now yeah. this whole other person's worth of potential is uh, it's a complete potential, but we only needed 99, but we needed 100 to create the person. So then another person is born off of that 100%. That's a soul we generated, essentially. But now that person has a 1% left over. Now, this right. keeps happening and sort of there's always it's a weird math problem where you always have, have more than you began with. And that's really weird. For everyone that dies, two shall rise. Yeah, it's really <laughs> it's like weird. The first Hellboy movie. I'm like, they'll never be able to defeat that guy. Look, for everyone that dies, two rise. All right, dude, math wins. I'm sorry. There's literally no way for me to kill enough of you to not have more than I started out having to kill, right? <laughs> I was like, can we find a spell to stop this? I mean, that's the fucking horizon problem, isn't it? Do you <laughs> kill one of those bitches, they take the spare parts and just reform like five more of those assholes. Ugh. It was the problem I was having with the, I just watched today, the latest Terminator movie, Dark Fate, and I was like, oh, no, <laughs> look what they've done. <laughs> they made it so that the Terminators could just split themselves like this, spoiler alert. So, uh, yeah, it's it, I, I kind of felt like that was just a visual metaphor for the same thing. I'm like, look, even for these, to keep making these movies, they have to keep making the Terminator even more psychotically advanced to the point where I'm like, all right, no way to win now. Guys, let's just pack it in. This thing's over. <laughs> it's done. What's going to be next? This What's is next really one? weird because I wonder what our fascination is with uh, versions of things that involve the end of humanity. Oh, yeah, because I think... You know, it's the same thing as the teenage morbid obsession with death when you realize everyone's going to die. It's like, well, I don't know how to process the fear over that. I wasn't afraid of it until now, and now I can't unrealize it. So, holy shit, let's just fucking watch horror movies all the time where it's just stuff about people dying. <laughs> and it That's be... so crazy. I, I didn't ever think about that before. I would argue that I'm still pretty obsessed with the notion of death more for philosophic reasons, but I definitely see that like in the past, I was definitely way deeper into that. Yeah. <laughs> and like... Why do we get over it? It's just because we get like numb to the fact like, yeah, everybody's going to die. What the fuck can I do about it? Until something happens, like until you get sick or something or someone near you gets sick or someone near you dies or or like to me, like some of these celebrities, not Sean Connery necessarily. But like I remember when Robin Williams passed away, I was really like, oh, dude, he's like, I don't know him. I was hoping I was going to get to meet him, but he seemed like a nice person. But maybe something about his energy and what he did art-wise spoke to me that it was sort of like, well, that's gone from my experience as well now. So, you know what I mean? There's there's definitely something about why there has to be this thing where we can't know, you know? And then that there's so much – I mean, you could argue that religion is almost 
at least 50% of the reason we have it is because we can't cope with the concept of death and, and what the purpose of us even being here is if we're all just going to die, you know, and if there's no way to know that, that it matters, the decisions we made matter, you know what I mean? It's sort of like, well, that's just a tough fucking hard nut to swallow there, man. You know, it's, it's, it's the same as why would there not be one definitive book if there was some huge intelligence that really just wanted us to follow rules? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, well, then why didn't you tell us what the fucking rules were? Why are we arguing over it? Why are we killing each other over it? Ending each other's lives preemptively. Like there's something too to the idea that like whenever we, uh, are, you know, finally capture a serial killer, or especially when we portray them in movies, the idea that like by, taking someone else's life they're usurping the godlike position only in one way it's not like they can make themselves live longer but maybe the sort of ego trip in the moment of i made the call to end your life and the only other entity that we know of that can do that is god so therefore in that moment i'm like god and therefore i must keep doing this again i am the red dragon you know like whatever but it's kind of there's something about it the power behind the unknown of death and if something happens afterwards that plays into a lot more of the way our society works i think than we're ever really realizing until we step back and kind of look for it i guess we are obsessed with the unknown though that's the that's the entire reason behind religion and science and philosophy and uh, everything, technology, exploration of space and the ocean, and uh, wanting to know what's behind the smallest atom and what's uh, the behind the planets that we can't see, and is, is there something outside of the the with the radiation wall or whatever the fuck? Yeah, the, what is that called? That um, it's the the radiation that was emitted from the explosion of the Big Bang, right? Like deep galactic radiation. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it that. is <laughs> GSR radiation. I feel like is uh, I heard recently, and maybe it, that was in X Files. So mo- most likely that's a twenty year old term. I'm no, sure there's. It's called the something background radiation. Yes, uh, electromagnetic. Uh, no. Um, no, it's something, called... but I know background, nuclear background. Or something. No, something background radiation. Let me see if I can beat this person to this. The background <laughs> radiation. Um, uh, uh, background radiation. No. As soon um, as we get radiation, it should. Cosmic. Um, before you get it, it's the cosmic background radiation. Before you get there, <gasps> did I get it? It's the cosmic background radiation. What is back? Why are they just acting like it's just called background radiation? Go See, up. This is now typing cosmic. I got it. I totally got it. That's I don't care. That's it. <laughs> yep, cosmic yeah, background, background radiation. radiation. Yep. There I mean, you go. dude, just think of that. I know we talk about this so many times when we talk, but like the concept that we're still in the middle of what at some entity's perspective is a one second explosion. <laughs> like we're still in the thralls of this second that everything's I know. I give out. that so much thought. You know what's really weird? <laughs> Every conversation we've ever had does kind of cruise back to this. Because it, it's like, how do you not? When we start talking about the stuff we're talking about, it's sort of like, so wait a minute, can we get, I mean, maybe that's why nothing makes fucking sense, dude. We're all just constantly flying away from the center. I don't know. But like just that as a concept is so 
I mean, how many layers of inception deep do you have to be where for us thousands and millions of years are going by and for them they're like, oh, that was a cool flash and a giant hadron collider on yeah. some other They have level. no idea we exist. There's no concept they of life. They don't give a shit about the PlayStation 5. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> like, no. But here's the thing. We think on that same scale, like we're how interesting the the uh, the particles that flew out of smashing those two atoms together. Let, let's look at our computer information. Like they're not, did life happen? Did those people in there have a god and wonder how they came to be? They're not fucking thinking that. They're just like, hey, cool flash. What did the computer say? Oh, it said we found the Higgs boson. Cool. Meanwhile, trillions died. Yeah, and in the, yeah, in there they came up with their PlayStation 5 and 6 and God knows what else and flying car. There's a, not Black Mirror episode, but there's an episode of Love, Death, and Robots uh, which we may have talked about before. I don't know. Probably. Let us know, folks at home. <laughs> and hopefully you don't mind hearing about it again, because it's always going to be a little bit of a different take when we come back to things with... We grow post, with it, yep. Post-pandemic eyes, you know? Um, but uh, there's an episode where this couple witnesses, like, civilization start and advance and in destroy... In the fridge! In the freezer, yeah. Um, and, like, it always winds up... I don't think it destroys itself, but it, like, winds up traveling. Like, they just become energy at the end and disappear. And then the next morning, they open the freezer and it's cavemen and dinosaurs again. And you're like, wow, dude, you know? And I guess that's a big allegory for what we must look like to the scientists on God's level, on God's plane of existence, who are watching the experiment known as humanity. It gets pretty complicated. It is kind of... That fridge particularly is uh, complex. Can you imagine the universe happening inside that fridge? We might not see that happening, but it is happening inside of our fridge. Oh, Topher Grace. I knew someone famous was the guy in this. Um, Yeah, and that it's like all those lives in there. I mean, look at this. Just in the shot in this screen right here, the the era that this is happening, what, Victorian, maybe just early Steam Age. There's a Jack the Ripper running around in there, right? Maybe. Maybe there's two. For sure. (laughs) Like, is the same shit that happened for us happening in there? I mean, cavemen and dinosaurs but are, right? look, it out. is. And this is real. This is real life. This is <laughs> happening in your fridge. If you open your fridge, that's happening. You're just not seeing it as exaggerated as that. Because really, you got to ask if they're, even if they're so tiny, at their size, how are they getting the materials to make what's happening in yes, there? exactly. But if we think at a microscopic level, you tell me your fridge doesn't have a bunch of different microbiomes and different uh, microbiology happening. And that, like, again, a topic we go through a million times. Your cells aren't asking, am I making up a body? They're just going about their days. Your red blood cells. data in the matrix. Yeah. They're just, your red blood cells are just wandering. They're freaking Osmosis Jones just going through about their fucking day, not knowing that there's a giant fucking body that I make up. And in your fridge, that's the same concept. They're not like, am I in a fucking ginormous fridge that's so large I can't comprehend? They don't give a fuck. They're just going about their day. But to what scale is their day? Sure, we look at them and they look like sludge kebabs to us through a microscope. They look like nothing. But why would they look like anything we'd understand? My question is, from their, well, we call it limited perception, but from their perception, are they currently in their Jack Ripper age? You know, right, we, how the fuck right. would we tell? 
And and is this also like a visual metaphor for like your food spoiling? Like it's life is starting <laughs> and and ending for all you know <laughs> on this other piece of you know instead of earth, it's the piece of steak that you left in there for too many days, and now there's a whole other life form that has like risen from literally nothing or from moisture you couldn't see because there's still microscopic organisms even on stuff we're eating. How you doing out there, folks? Are you in? enjoying your dinners yeah isn't that fucking crazy the the the, <laughs> the war that a little bit of mold on bread is taking on with the <laughs> microbiomes that survive on that bread and they think it's the end of the world is the cancer that's turning the bread black it's always human we have to humanize these other non-human things and then think of what their existence is like in those terms you know See, what I mean? that's exactly. us being assuming. species all jokes aside that's us being species in assuming that it's a human thing Right. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, my God. It's it's I mean, Osmosis Jones, like perfect example. You know, you have blood cells personified. And I'm like, well, if you really want to extrapolate that down, that thing has got to be made up of some kind of cells that are working in some kind of a system. So now cells are more complex than just cells as far as being alive. Yes. Well, that comes down to the um, the problem with subatomic. Yeah. We can only get to a certain size before the rest of it doesn't exist. And apparently, if you get down to that size, you can travel through time, according to Ant-Man. So, Well, the theory here would be, if we could become the size of, like, an atom and take the technology with which we see an atom with to that size, and we're the equal, like, I'm the height of an atom now. Can I, now at this height, see things smaller in scale from that point forward? Is there an infinite number of other things that exist smaller than an atom that we can simply not perceive? Because, like, I know the answer is a photon. So let's say I, we, I shrunk down to the size of a photon instead. And we're like, this is the smallest particle that exists in the universe. Like, the Higgs boson is just part photon at the end of the day. And we get down there. And I'm the size of the Higgs boson, and I brought my super awesome microscope with which I see atoms with. And I grab something that's my size, I put it under the microscope, and I look at things that I used to see but are my size now. Will I still see something, or did I hit the limit of size? I think the theory that comes with um, uh, the relativity of uh, uh, Einstein's e equals MC square would tell us that it's just based on our size that we can't perceive things beyond a certain amount, that there is way more. Like, if we're subatomic, we're just normal-sized, and to us, there is something subatomic. Yeah, or is it the subatomic things are now bigger than us if we're at the same... You know what I mean? Like, I guess that's what's posited by the... Uh by the MCU movies is like we're going to actually visualize a realm of subatomic particles where they're all just coexisting which is a, to bring it way back to the beginning an organized chaos right just everything is just existing on this realm of pieces that you could float around to and then when you surface from them like you're in different parts of reality and time and space you know I mean I don't know if I buy it to that level, but I do buy a certain can, can we even buy that our tools of perception, you know, I know we have to use that microscope to be able to see that small, but if in some way we were able to use that same technology to make ourselves that small and be on that coefficient size wise on that same plane, 
should our eyes still operate the same way? You know what I mean? Like, like the way that the way that like, uh, like I keep, I know it's so stupid, but think about like in, um, honey, I shrunk the kids when they finally find the, mi- the microscopic kids in the yard and they have them on the table and they're screaming and the parents can't hear them because those kids vocal cords are now too small to make frequencies big enough for a human ear to hear. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so by that same token, though, I guess their eyes were working. Everybody else just looked bigger. Is that going to still happen on the subatomic, you know, uh, plane? Interesting, because our bodies are in theory made of the atom. So here's the, the, the problem you're posing, which is completely fascinating, because we have to consider that when you shrink somebody, you have to shrink the atoms with them, which I've never really thought about until this moment. You have to make already subatomic atoms subatomic to the size of an atom right so it has to be subatomic to the subatomic it's the reverse of exponential growth (laughs) you know what i mean yeah negative exponential yeah it's ridiculous you have to be the size to the size from the perspective of your baseline if your baseline is one and your atom is 0.01 0.01 you need to be with at 0.01 with your atoms at 0.0001 and it's like and then holy look at shit. this right here what's on the screen it doesn't even matter if we figure that out correctly because the rest of the shit light isn't shrinking with us and at some point our lenses won't be big enough to work with visible light <laughs> so even if we get it right for ourselves, then we're there, we're left with what we're able to perceive from what we started looking at, and what you know what I mean. If oh, light doesn't shrink fuck, exponentially, right. you know what I'm saying? Like we, <laughs> like, yeah, you're we right, you're right, you're right. So the argument here would be. If there is something to perceive, it looks like a completely different world because what is the equivalent to the photon, which is what we use to perceive, would be something now we don't perceive. So if we shrunk down to the size of a photon, photons would physically be assaulting me. It wouldn't right. be what I'm using to see like the world. A boulder in fucking Indiana Jones rolling. Yeah, at you. like I wouldn't be using a photon to witness. Everything would just be nothingness unless there is something at that scale which then allows me to navigate. And then we have to start getting into kind of the sci-fi realm of like, well, if we're able to shrink ourselves and maintain all the systems in ourselves working appropriately for us to not die, and somehow there are real-life PIM particles or whatever the fuck that allow us to displace all of our atomic (laughs) weight to get us to shrink in size and still maintain our integrity – if that's possible, well, by that same token, should it not be possible to shrink technology with us, like goggles or a mask of some kind, that allow us to still use our eyes to perceive, but somehow those goggles have like lenses on them that widen the spectrum of light that our lenses are able to take in? That would then be putting you at the mercy, though, of another layer of separation. It would be like the same layer of separation between our eye le- ocular lenses and our brain interpreting the neurons you have another layer of that before it even gets to our ocular lens you know Here's what I'm what's saying? fascinating in order for this to even work right you would need you uh, we actually had a conversation like this which is funny which is, was about the uh, the backpacks in a in um ghostbusters i don't know if you remember that <laughs> us grounding fucking ghost busting or whatever the fuck we we're doing but so in order for this to actually function 
we would need an oxygen pack to go with us because we can't be shrunken down and breathe in the particles that are now our size. Yeah. Holy crap. And that is where back in the day you would say, see, all of this means can't do this shit. It's make believe. It's just the movies. And then you have people coming forward these days in documentaries you can watch on Amazon Prime and Netflix. And they're going, yeah, if it's been in a movie, we've done it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so have you guys fought the Infinity War already? Is, are, up. We're post snap and we're still here dealing with this shit? Are you serious? Wow. That's kind of sad. You know what was not discussed in that movie that makes perfect fucking sense because he has the power of infinity it's why allow everybody to remember yeah exactly like really really yeah. if that happened it happened but we don't we wouldn't fucking know it just happened my reality was fixed so that anybody who's dead i didn't know existed and that could be the same way it would happen if we all wound up in a matrix type uh you know, simulation is as soon as they plug your brain in, it wipes your memory of everything before that. And it implants for people who are already adults. It implants memories to give you the context of a full adult life. If you're born in the matrix, you're just like a personality assigned to a new body created from DNA taken from two random people that the computers use to keep building the fields. You know what I mean? It's like, Holy shit. To to ruin a Infinity War a little more, I don't know why he didn't just double up the products and the like the abundance of materials in the universe. Oh, that forever shit. haunts the shit out of me. <laughs> I'm well, like just because he's a sadistic piece of shit. But he wasn't a sadistic piece of shit. If anybody is the most rational, humanized, uh, thoughtful character that's compassionate and thinking about the universe as a whole, it is Thanos. Minus the giant hole in his logic of <laughs> I'ma kill half of everything <laughs> instead of double up on everything he could but, he doesn't even have to double up 10 times the abundance of everything in the universe but i think it's partly because in the comic book wasn't he in love with death like wasn't there this sort of like a personification of death that he was oh yeah to... there was a love death triangle where he was in love with death death was in love with deadpool Yes, and I think it's like, for him, that's why this was also supposed to be, and that clearly does not translate to the films, because the films didn't even touch on the whole, those elementals, like the idea of, isn't there a character of Infinity, too, that it's like, I remember reading that on the Wikipedia going, you know, sometimes you comic book fuckers take this shit away. I mean, I give you guys a lot, a lot of latitude and slack, and I'm, I will go on limbs, man. But sometimes, oh yeah, Infinity is a fucking fuck you. Come on, Infinity's not a person. That's so stupid. But anyway, yes, death. There is a personification of death that he is like. I think this is sort of in in a way like almost like a gift to try to win over her favor, right? Uh yeah. Yeah, it's he's trying everything in his power to impress her. That's really yeah. what it is. He is obsessed with that because he feels that this retard who seems to not be able to die and can jump out <laughs> of one panel and into the other if you tried to kill him. And death is obsessed with like what even is Deadpool? Like if I tried to reap Deadpool, he would just hop out of the next panel and come back into this one and it's like nothing ever happened. And it's like, yeah. Deadpool is a really unique character because he gets to break all walls and all logic of everything. 
and that's kind of a fun thing to add into the universe but yeah the basis of deadpool really killing them which again wasn't put into the movies the reason the real reason that was driving that was death and his obsession with beating deadpool in that love triangle but the love yeah. triangle was never presented the closest thing we got to death was the uh, embodiment of death that we saw with red skull which was uh neutered at best yes <laughs> you know what i mean you're kind of like even down to the fact that hugo weaving wouldn't come back to reprise the role i get it I, yeah i'm not gonna give that guy any ill will he has done his due diligence to maintain his grasp on the uh, place in cinematic history he's got we've got him as agent smith we got him as lord elrond and uh, I'll take him as Red Skull for one full film. Um, but definitely someone I wish would have come back to reprise that role just for the sake of uh, tradition. But um, it just felt sort of like eh, more prisoner than personification. And if that's what that was supposed to be, that's one area I will say that the movies totally fail on. Yeah, they took one of the most overpowered concepts of the entire universe and made them essentially insignificant. Yeah. What the fuck was that? Uh-oh. <laughs> we live in turbulent times. We, we're talking about, uh, <laughs> we're talking about apocalyptic stuff, and all of a sudden I hear, what the fuck was that? Like, yeah, oh. no, I don't... Some fucking shit happened in the background. I don't know what the hell that was. But... Is um, a Robin Slim crossover? Have we fallen into a uh, an audio drama for a few minutes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you, dude, you should definitely play some characters over there. You should ask for for some oh, roles or some we, shit. We're, we discussed on air the last time I I stopped over there of our our cinematic universes, our audio dramatic universes crossing. So I think there are some things in the works. Um, it's just been it's been a crazy busy weird year. You know what I mean? Uh, you think? <laughs> you <laughs> think? The way things have lined up, uh, the way work has lined up, the way projects have come and gone, it's just been, it's been tough, man. I'm hoping by the time winter really sets in, even though now that we've done the time change, I swear, it's it, like right now we're recording at 6 p.m. If you look out the window, I feel like it's two in the damn morning, dude. I'm like, oh, oh my god. Okay, <laughs> at the beginning of this conversation, we were talking about, I brought up how you seem to have a, a structured life, but it looks like chaos in my life is total chaos because I have no plan for anything. I just fucking <laughs> wing it. But it looks really organized because of how I approach it. One of the things that I was totally, I kept forgetting over and over, and I'm like, what the fuck was my point, was the fact that I barely sleep because i couldn't even if i wanted to so i accomplish a lot of like if i'm gonna burn through a game it'll be in like the middle of the night and I'll oh be yeah dude i do the same thing like after my girlfriend falls asleep if i can't sleep i'm like all right i'm playing like for three hours i'm gonna yes. conquer that, that, that extra tomb that i found the entrance to last night <laughs> you know or i and it, and it makes me think back on the days of playing you know horizon zero dawn going all right well i just want to get i just want to get to this next part and then you're like well fuck this i'm killing all these animals that just attacked me and then you're like well now that i killed all those guys i might as well get to the thing they were protecting and you're like oh shit that opened up a whole new chapter of the story See, now i <laughs> love games like that and i think that's particularly why i love something like um like fallout 
Like oh, Fallout yeah. will be like, okay, go get your son Sean. You got to go talk to Kellogg. He's in this place. And on the way there, you're like, is that a fucking house with a door that isn't broken? Let me go yeah. over there and see what's happening. Oh my god, there's a character, and they're like, hey, somebody robbed me. And then you go find out. Oh my god, it was a ghoul that's trapped in a fridge. And the ghoul is like, hey, can you help me run this errand? And I'm like, sure, yeah. Meanwhile, your son is being slaughtered by savage animals or something. But you're like. I got to follow this other random garbage trail I found. I will say for as much as I love Fallout 4, that is one of the parts of the story that I find universally stupid is that like, all right, I've been frozen for how long and I'm still realistically thinking I'm going to find this kid. I mean, I'll go look. (laughs) But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Go look. This is what I like a lot about how they did that. This is what I like a lot about how they did that. Because it was a very corny kind of cheesy concept, especially when the reveal happens. And he's like, I'm your son or whatever. Fuck. Like, yeah, whatever, dude. (laughs) So corny. But the the part that because they did explain the reasoning behind why they thought so. In the first scene of the game, well, not the first scene, but after we are frozen, we get unfrozen momentarily. And Sean gets taken, and either your wife or your husband, depending what side you're playing, gets killed. Right. Then you get refrozen and unfrozen. They don't tell you how long went by. Right. You're assuming maybe a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, at best a few years. You're not thinking 60 fucking years went by since you were refrozen. Yeah, see, in my mind, I instantly was like, it's going to be hundreds of years. There's no way this kid is alive. Just get it out of your head, man. It's so dumb. Let it go. <laughs> but 60 years is still long enough. Yeah, I mean, your son was older than you. That's a weird, interesting sci-fi situation. Yeah, well, there was an episode of X-Files we just watched, uh, which um, I call it. I always default that back to the flight of the navigator syndrome where the kid was abducted and was flying around space at the speed of light. And the alien meant to drop him off back at the exact moment he took him. But instead, he crashed into power lines and dropped him off 10 years later. So now his little brother, who was little before he left, is now older than him. And so in my mind, that was the first time I ever saw that in film or TV as a kid was flight of the navigator. So anytime I see it in X-Files or anywhere else, I'm like, oh, yeah, you saw that too, huh? We must all be contemporaries. We all grew up watching the same shit. And some of us pick up on these little Easter eggs. Others don't. And they still enjoy it just as much and more power to them. But it's for those of us that know. (laughs) There's that little moment of like, ah. Interesting enough, that kind of reminds me of Interstellar, where they landed on that planet. Where it was, what was it? It was seven years per hour. Oh, that killed, man. That killed. You know that whole time he's just trying to get out of there. He's like, dude, we're staying here for two fucking minutes. Do you hear me? That's already a whole teenage life of my kid that I've missed. Yep, On and it turns out to be... To get back. Yeah, it turned out to be that they were there for like five or six hours, and it was like, Oh, shit, fucked. yeah, dude. <laughs> the mind fuck happening at that moment. And then is... when, he, uh, got, when they got back up to orbit, where the other guy... Because the other guy died up there or something right it was well no he was waiting for 23 years he was still up there i don't even remember yeah, that he what? had gray hair and he said at one point he said he put himself into their cryo sleep and he was like there was one point i was considering just setting it to not even wake me up you guys said you would be back in five minutes and he's like it's been 23 years and like right then you know that like uh matthew mcconaughey's character his heart just like no here's the thing matthew mcconaughey should get every award in the planet for this fucking performance the scene which yes it's one of my favorite movies of all time the ideas explored are crazy but 
like they even jump into like the global consciousness and what an alien so advanced might be that it looks beyond comprehension and him exploring the sort of like fifth and sixth dimensional space is fucking nuts but the like that man deserves an award for the moment he was watching his uh the videos his daughter was sending throughout her life yeah Um, it's like i love that they didn't even show his like they weren't focusing on his daughter they were focusing on Matthew McConaughey's face through that movie. Through, not through the movie, through that scene. They were focusing on his face through that scene where he was watching those videos. And you could watch... He's such a good fucking actor. Like, yeah. I'm a Matthew McConaughey fan, but like an I'm average too. fan. This movie makes me, at least for that role, a fucking super fan. Because what he does with his expressions through the course of that minute and a half, two-minute scene is fucking astounding. He goes through happy and sad and angry and excited, and you see the joy of him watching his child grow up and her become a scientist and all of these awesome things that he's experiencing emotionally. But every time in between those moments, him realizing every bit of it that he missed that moment of her life and yeah. getting sad and emotional and like crying but laughing all at the like bravo to you dude that was amazing and it's the same era as like season 1 of true detective and it's the same time where um that idea of you know usually that kind of thing has only been explored in um sort of i guess what comes to mind immediately is sort of like the zombie movies like dawn of the dead where one person finally has to say hey look dude all those people are dead. Everybody you're talking about right now is dead. You're never going to see those people again. The fat chick from Dot from Dunkin' Donuts, your sister, your mom, it's all gone. That's he have him having that realization about his own kid. You know what I mean? And so it's interesting that then, I mean, if we want to go down the road of spoiling that movie, that he turns out to be the ghost that was uh, signaling, you know, telling her to tell him to stay, like how much he must regret missing out on her life that even though – He's there in the midst of it, in the depth of what he's doing. Still, for a second, his selfishness of, uh, not selfishness really though, but I guess self-preservation coming through going, nah, tell me to stay. Maybe it'd be better if I stay. At least I get to live with my kid. That movie's fucking crazy. And I love Christopher Nolan. Yeah, uh, that movie's epic. That... Christopher Nolan exper- explores some interesting ideas. Yeah. Uh, the, the most interesting part is when he got that moment to interact with his daughter and she was an old woman on her death bed oh that whole um i mean that that and that planet or whatever the sort of space station they've built to mimic life on earth and how his house was recreated as a monument to that and oh, to humanity survival man so much of that movie like in moments that's what christopher nolan does he deals in moments his movies are all about these moments that stick with you you know this movie has its own signature feeling the same way inception does inception and, is the whole other fucking turn of that the, yeah out of what we're looking at right now like i like the prestige that's i love fucking the prestige fantastic as well. but that doesn't have the implications something like interstellar Inception and ironically, the Dark Knight has because yeah. the problem that the Dark Knight poses is: is the Joker the hero? Mm-hmm. 
Is he the fucking good guy of this story? And he's just painted like the bad guy, but the only person making a change seems to be the Joker. Did you see fucking Transcendence? That's fucking crazy. I do love Transcendence a lot as well. And Memento, of course, too. Memento. Yes, that's an old school. Manipulating the way you uh, perceive information and the way your narrative ties itself together based on your mind not operating the same way as everyone else that he was able to manipulate himself into a final mission i that movie is such a mind fuck i can't every time i feel like that's a heroin movie if you were going to describe movies like heroin i watch that movie every time wanting to feel the same level of holy fucking shit realization at the end of it you gotta watch that movie on acid bro yeah, it's the only way at this point, right? Because after you watch it the first time, you can never go back. You know, you can never un. It's like you can never not know who Kaiser Soze is after you've seen the, the Usual Suspects the first time. You know, and so it's like I still remember oh, what it was like man, watching that. That was a mindfuck too. You're just like, oh shit! And once that happens, you know, you can never go back and rewatch it without that that foreknowledge. Um, but but see, this just uh, just to bring it real quick back before we end this shit. This is exactly what I remember my sort of anger being towards three specific games: one, The Witness; two, Alien Isolation; and three, The Last of Us. If I could experience the first moments of The Last of Us without uh, knowing that they exist, yes, amazing. If I could go through all of Alien Isolation without knowing the plot, without knowing the layout of the world, amazing. And if I could go back into The Witness without understanding what's happening, fuck. I think out of all of those, I would pick The Witness. I think that was the best experience. I haven't even played. What is that game? The Witness? Oh, this is an easy one. This is, let's see some pictures. I'm going to tell you nothing. Do you like puzzle games? Oh, like are we talking like mist and stuff from back in the day, eleventh hour, seventh guest, that kind of stuff? Um, no, it's uh, just a puzzle game, but it's the greatest puzzle game. <laughs> you see this? This is pretty simple. I'm looking at it. Yeah, this is pretty simple. Um, uh, do you see the? It's just little mazes like that. It's really yeah. simple, right? Okay. I'm gonna tell you nothing about this game. Play it. <laughs> it's probably really cheap. Play yeah. it. Just right. don't Google it. Don't look at I, when I first found out about this game, I was just wandering the internet, YouTube actually, and I stumbled upon I saw the game's name on um on the PlayStation Store and I'm like, this doesn't even have a trailer. Let's go look what happens. And then I looked yeah. it up, looked up a review, and the reviewer said, and I don't know why I took him at his word, but he said, Before I begin, before I say anything about this game, if you haven't played this game and you want to get the most out of it, don't look anything else up. Don't ask anybody. No reviews, no explanations, no anything. Buy the game and jump in with zero knowledge. And when I did this, the psychotic experience, it feels normal at the beginning, but as you keep going... It's it's I I don't even know how to explain it without you just got to play this without any foreknowledge. <laughs> All right, yeah, no, dude, I'm already intrigued. The mystique that was built in just the way this was introduced to me just now, I'm like, oh shit! All right, because 
I'm rounding out right now. I'm starting to do the ho- – I'm actually almost done with my holiday shopping. And uh, I can't ever do even five minutes of shopping for other people online without throwing a little something for myself in the cart there. Um, I'm admitting fully to still using Amazon for their services. I'm sorry, folks. During the pandemic, this is the easiest way to get the most versatile shit. So – this is my my necessary evil. I'll pay for it in the afterlife should there be one, I guess. Um, <laughs> so this may have to in some form. Hopefully it's available. Is this available on PS4? Or? It, I, I think it might be a PS4 exclusive. I'm not entirely sure. The other problem is I'm not sure if it has a disc form. It might be digital only. I'm not oh, sure. I can still get it through the PlayStation Store. And who knows? I mean, like, every time I go there, the amount of stuff they have that's like, hey, are you a... I'm not, usually I, I don't brag or, I, you know, the, the gaming side of my life is not something that I'm, like, throwing around there as a badge of honor other than chatting about it with friends on podcasts because it's fun um but it's not like i'm like oh man you know i got my playstation plus account plus i added this factor and season pass for it like dude i only did it strictly because the house i live in now has two playstation 4s and it one's upstairs one's downstairs i want to be able to transfer my save games between the two and not have to constantly be playing every game twice at the same time if i you know if my girlfriend wants to watch something upstairs or has a meeting and i want to go play video games i go play downstairs and i want to be able to take my last save game from 4 a.m the night before where i unlocked a new tomb and i want to be able to do that so one of the byproducts was the free game every month so i'm hoping this might won't be one of those bargain bin styles since it's uh not very new right it's been around for yeah a while. this has been around for a while just uh if you do decide to play this please please share the experience with me <laughs> well i definitely think we should uh you know circle back and uh check in every once in a while because we have so many titles in play i mean that Blair Witch game is just like calling to me from the shelf right yes, now. Yes, I'm jumping I, right into that. I took the plastic off, but I haven't actually put the disc in or played at all yet. So I'm still kind of like, well, I'm knee deep in Tomb Raider. I also got Saints Row going on. Again, the the chaos of jumping from game to game. Um, but with the holidays coming up, that usually tends to be an annual period where I would be more likely to be gaming as opposed to be like kind of crazy with work and projects. Although with hollow nine there's really never a not crazy busy time so i sneak it in in the middle of the night and whenever i can or whenever i need a break from doing all the other heavy lifting fair enough that's the uh the chaos of life man yeah dude we do what we have to and sometimes taking a break and enjoying it is what we have to do See, that's this. That should be the goal, right? That's why I love doing stuff like this. Right now, it might seem to other people like you know, it's a we're putting on a show and whatever. But like, I genuinely enjoy how chaotic our conversations oh, get dear. and all the different alleys we take. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> and on top of that, you know, we've both probably been in conversations like this with other people where at some point they just are like, "All right, look, I'm walking away, man. I can't, I can't go any further." You know, I thought that was as deep as I could go, and we took it five layers beyond that, and I'm actually now questioning. Even last time, I think I had an existential crisis. <laughs> <laughs> that happens to you pretty often. Yeah, it happens between shows a lot. You know, Jack's getting a lot of near full of uh, of the chaos, and, and so I'm sure it looks like, uh, you know what it almost reminds me of? You know in that movie, uh, Last of the Mohicans, when our characters are finally just about to get to the fort that they were trying to get to, and they kind of creep up on the ridge, and they're seeing an actual battle 
battle happening across the river. I'm like, that's what it must look like from the outside. They're just like, look, there's cannons going off over there. There's explosions going off over there. There's a wall behind which I know recording is happening. And it's like somehow inside all of there, Dave's launching the Hollow Nine stuff out. But we'll we'll make it there eventually. Definitely, man. See, this is uh, I love this kind of stuff. It's always it's particular. I think you're definitely my favorite person to talk to when it comes to stuff like this, oh, man. Shit, man. Well, thank you so much. I, I love coming and hanging out here. There's not many people that you can talk to about stuff like this. this that's all. exactly my point. Like there. How many people can you sit down? Not only just have a long conversation with because that's rare enough in life, but have somebody you can talk to basically about the most abstract thoughts you've ever had and have them sort of reciprocate with their own abstract thoughts. You know, like that's the least common thing I encounter in my life period. And then after it's all over, we're like, all right, well, I'm going to go cook dinner and then, uh, you know, finish working on this other thing I'm working on. And yeah, back we'll to normal ass life. Or yeah, we'll just go right back to, I got to pay my, my cell phone bills do I got to do that. You know, you're just like, all right, even though we we've somehow landed on ultimately, this probably all doesn't matter this much, but we still have to do it because I don't want it to get any worse than it is now. Man. Yeah. <laughs> well, Even if worse is a concept that's so arbitrary and meaningless that we're just making it up at the moment. Like I said before, what what's why do we do what we do anyways? For yeah. some fucking reason, something's pushing us. So might as well keep that push going. Right. Fuck it. Exactly, man. I'm not getting in the way. I'm going to ride the wave. Word up. Anyways, man, let people know where they can find all your shit. All right. Well, hollow9.com is the headquarters. That's the word hollow, the number nine, I-N-E.com. So it's all one word. Uh, but right now, um, if anybody's been, you know, we've got a lot of new uh, likes and followers on Facebook. So I want to say thanks to everybody over there. I think uh, some of the exposure we get from hanging out over here and hanging out with our friends Robin Slim um, has helped uh, spread the word a little bit. So I want to thank all the new listeners and new folks who are stopping by. But our Facebook page has been sort of acting a little bit more like a living magazine kind of thing than it has before. We have a couple of things that are pretty fun going on right now. We have a 365-day challenge going on, three images a day from movies we love with no explanation. Um, and we mirror that on our Twitter. So anybody who's following us, at Hollow9Cast, that's the word hollow, the number nine, I-N-E-C-A-S-T. Um, but please go to the Facebook page because we also have our weeks of posters showcase where from Monday to Friday we're putting up unique and rare posters for movies we love as well. And then in between all that, you know, fun stuff like when we find out we're being trolled, we'll put the trailer to Troll Hunter up there and all kinds of fun stuff. So Facebook, uh, for as crappy as it might be turning with the way that they're changing their business practices and algorithms, we try to keep our page fun. So we like to tell people to check us out on Facebook. Podomatic too. Um, and we're in a bunch of, uh, we have our Anchor FM feed as well, which is a different feed, but you know, the, the tone and brand of entertainment you've come to love and enjoy from Hollow Nine. So check us uh, check us out over there. That's the Nine line. Um, and then, yeah, we'll be coming back here to hang out, hopefully, and talk more about video games and stuff, too. Hell yeah, man. We got to we gotta figure out what you were talking about recently and figure out how we're going to get that uh, going. So you keep me updated on that shit so that we can figure out some lines of maybe even continue these conversations there. 
Absolutely, man. I kind of feel like this almost turned into a little bit of a dry run for that, but it also, it's just such a nice window in how even if we want to start talking about video games, you know we're going to take it to that next level. And one of the fun things about video games is they dabble in this just as much as we do, and they do more than just talk about it. They literally build these worlds for us yeah, to Yeah, they show you a visual representation of what we can only theorize. So that's actually going to be fun territory to explore, man. And I think if uh, the way we were able to chat about it tonight's any indication, it's going to be not your average go buy it, don't buy it video game podcast. It's going to be a different take. It's going to be a gamers thinking podcast, maybe something like Ooh, that. Ooh, I like I like how the the words you put together there. The Gamers Thinking Podcast and the Thinkers Gaming Podcast. <laughs> so there you go. I was actually playing with the words, uh, uh, what we're playing. Yeah. Super like basic. That, Super yeah, simple. What we're playing. And it covers, yeah, everybody's welcome to the table. Just yeah. ready to hear about what we're playing. I like it. You see, evolution's happening right before your ears, yo. Yes, yes. Anyways, man, it has been fantastic as always. It's definitely the best blast to have you on. We'll never know where the fuck this is going, and Hell it's yeah, the best not knowing, because it's always... But then again, we always kind of know it's just going to go to some sort of mildest existential crisis. And then and then talk about how is it possible we're still just in the middle of the Big Bang, <laughs> that the explosion hasn't finished yet. <laughs> yep. I'm telling so. you, man, Some so we've probably hit the reality of reality on the nose a couple of times. We just don't know we have. Yeah, I keep expecting us to get like a mysterious text or a mysterious email that either tells us to shut the fuck up or we'll all die or says meet us at this bar because we need to elevate you guys to the next level. You have to survive the cataclysm to tell the future generations what life was like and i'm like i'm open to both so you know i'm hoping it's the latter though i'd much rather it be the latter do you know what's fucking crazy about that like it would suck if we were smart enough to stumble upon the truth but we don't have like the code cracking skills that these people who get recruited for like the nsa over the dark web have right. so we like definitely figured out reality but we missed the shit out of the message we were supposed to crack to go find them at the location that would get us elevated <laughs> yeah, it's like if in uh, in Running Man he didn't actually get the code to overtake the broadcast and put out the truth. We all just fought and killed a bunch of people, but in the end they still thought we were bad guys. We're like, yeah, well, we're still just podcasters, man. They actually the NSA didn't sweep us up and take us off to some black mirror laboratory to have us, uh, you know, trained to be part of the next generation of humanity. Maybe the robots are studying our behaviors right now to see how they can improve the Matrix, and we're actually the bad guys inevitably. Hey, you know, I talk a lot of shit, but I'll be happy to play ball, man. The cigarette smoking man has taken on a whole new look on this rewatch of the X-Files. So I'm starting to think he might have been onto something. So uh, just please, you know, before the, the, the balls of fire start raining from the sky, if there were a chance, man, we are totally, well, at least come to the table for the conversation. Let's at least let that happen. Definitely. <laughs> like, fuck it, man. All else fails, like aliens or robots controlling the Matrix or super awesome consciousness that runs reality. Like, I'd rather be the winner than the loser. So if I figured it out, I don't have to tell anybody. Just let me in on the gig. And uh, it, we could. It's all fine. I got no uh, if, ands, or buts about it. You gotta do what you gotta do, dude. Got it exactly. That's, that's the name of the game, man. And I'm 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 in it to win it. <laughs> Definitely. Any other buzz phrases I could throw at this, you know. I mean, you know fuck it. We're gonna catch some algorithm, right? Somebody's gonna hear this shit one way or another. Yeah. 
and hopefully it's while humanity's still here. I like to think about that sometimes too. Like one of our hard drives is going to survive and it's going to have all these episodes that we did and some future uh, race of <laughs> creatures They're is going to be so to fucked up by what we're talking oh, about. Oh, fuck, man. <laughs> we don't understand anything. Some people knew. Uh, why were they not the presidents and leaders of the world? What's going on? Do you know what, dude? If anything that survives this very moment in time makes it there along with one of our conversations, how retarded are they going to think all of human <laughs> civilization was that this baby was the president and then these sophisticated philosophic thinkers were just some random background noise yeah man we were just we were just cogs in the machine the whole time bricks in the wall (laughs) that's fucked uh, well, there's no better note to end it on than that, right? Definitely, man. Crisis 101. We'll yep. I mean, we have to. We can't end it happy. Now it's a tradition. We have to. <laughs> we always have to find the dark note to leave it on. Because that's the best. It's always the second part of the trilogy that has the best ending. Brings you back for part three. Yeah, when it all got too dark, and you're like, "Was this the one I hate the most?" Yeah, (laughs) it got too because you had great feelings going through any trilogy. You're the first one, yeah. Second one, oh yeah, it's hitting that high note. But we all know how a story arc works. It begins flat, it hits the top of the little mountain when they're showing you story writing, and they bring it back down. And we had that down that third freaking part of the sequel that sat down, and you're like, "Man, I think this one sucked." It didn't. It was just way heady. Yeah. And sometimes that's that's a lot, dude. Sometimes this is a lot. And, you know, sometimes we can hang and we're fine with it. But sometimes I think it even affects us. Uh, at least for me, I know it affects me sometimes. So, Oh, no, it I definitely just... uh, changes my I've consistently in talking to you have changed my understanding of how the universe works and become <laughs> way more skeptical about the fabric of existence. <laughs> but almost like I still I want that to matter. You know, I want it to all be for something that if we figure this out, you know, it's almost like achieving the final level of ready player one like okay you know you said the magic phrase and now the light the beam of light splits your reality in front of you and the doors (laughs) everything splits apart like two doors opening and the programming the architect comes forward and says congratulations finally we could tell you what's going on and instantly everything becomes clear a whole truth download happens and you get your rating and you either decide to replay your game (laughs) or try a different level well actually what i think is really going to happen like really really given this real thought i think it's going to be one of those scenarios where like they stumble upon the artist's library uh, not library but like the storage of all his paintings and he was a nobody who just worked a shitty job but painted on the side but we found 700 paintings in his basement and because he's dead they're all exclusive and they're all unique there's only one of each now these are worth hundreds of millions or when you think of the fact that alan watts spoke a lot of complicated philosophy that was really advanced for the time and at the time only people specifically seeking philosophies would engage but now most of his philosophies rule western culture I think that our conversations are going to be in that realm. They're, yeah. We're, we're going to be insignificant for most of our lives and we're going to die and like fade out into the background. But the conversations we've had, the thoughts we've put out, the complex ideas that we've dissected and rationalized and grounded and made digestible are going to move forward regardless. Even if a trillion years from now there's no hard drive left, 
in the next couple of hundred years, our words are still going to be out there and our thoughts are still going to be out there and people can stumble upon this and exercise the thoughts we played with regularly. And maybe we're the starters of this new wave of thinking and philosophy. Dude, you have to watch if you have not seen the movie. Uh, frequently asked questions about time travel. <laughs> it's an HBO film. It stars Chris O'Dowd from the IT crowd. It, it may be a little bit lame on the um, if you're not into British humor or British comedy, but something about what you just said, I was like, holy shit, man, you have got to see that movie. <laughs> I mean, just when you you'll when that moment happens, when you you'll understand why I had this holy crap, you have to watch it revelation. But just keep that one under your hat for when you're flipping around and looking for something to watch. Definitely, definitely. We'll we'll uh, do that little swap. I'll watch that. You jump into some witness and then we'll have some exchanges about what's going on. Hell yeah. I love it. I love it. That's me. I've been swimming around in raw sewage all day. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> definitely anyways man i'm gonna leave you thank you very much for being on this shit bro it's always amazing to have conversation yeah, with dude, you thank you so much for having me again i appreciate it especially after my existential breakdown last time so what um, that's i'm always aiming to get that to happen to you yeah good to know <laughs> it's like this the sadistic dm i'm throwing everything i got at you guys hey man if i can break somebody like you that means i've won the game that yeah, true dude you won the internet that day yeah yeah <laughs> but sure. definitely man it's always great to have you on dude yeah man thank you this is always a blast it's a pleasure it's an honor to be here thank you Don't so much that, for man. having me back enjoy your night man how are you too, dude? And uh, let's hope reality sticks around long enough for us to do this again. Hell yeah. You know, damn straight, if it's falling apart, we're going to meet up just to have the last one before it all goes exactly. dark. Exactly. The last conversation podcast. Oh, shit. <laughs> you got I'll it, bro. i a poster for that right now so that we know when it happens, this is going down. Shit. Make the poster. I'll get a, a clip of that. Those exact phrases put together along with what it leads up to. We could use that as a promo for this. Fuck. Yes. Hell yeah all right dude i got that homework assigned word 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 anyways take care man i'm gonna leave right, you. man you too take enjoy it easy. your night later what's with the hands that's not a rabbit thing i don't know you're alien i'm an alien i guess i think what is it? Kangaroo. Maybe. Or a dinosaur. A dinosaur. A yes, that's how they actually sound like. Can we you imagine? Know. Probably. We don't fucking know. We make exactly. it all up. We're like, they're big and scary. Therefore, their sounds must be big and scary. But I'm sure the big and scary ones also sound like... Nah. And then every other creature's like, I hear it. I hear it coming. <laughs> oh my God, no. I, I like to imagine they sound like ducks. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, they're a bird like creatures right so why not how horrifying <laughs> how horrifying indeed <laughs> anyways that conversation was great yeah, yeah. whoa people play the witness the witness ah. if you're listening to this if you play video games if you're okay with puzzle games that's as much as i can tell you about the witness you just have to not google it don't do no research zero research jump into the game play the witness nothing more needs to be said enjoy enjoy ah it is amazing can't wait to see what dave thinks of it i know i hope he truly enjoys the uh complexities yeah man but what i said was true i wish i could play the last of us without 
having ever played The Last of Us. Is it because of that ending or the All whole thing? All of it. Thing? The whole experience is amazing. Oh, okay. I was like, what the fuck? I also wish I could play Alien. But why Alien? Because there were what, moments, what's the difference? There were because moments it... in Alien where you learn from Alien and Alien learns from you. But you don't feel like you have to redo that every It'll time? It'll never be like the moment that it made sense. I remember the moment. That it made sense. I remember the moment because I knew how the algorithms work in the game. I yeah. didn't know what the 150 different subroutines that work together are because it creates a different experience every single time as they get unlocked, and any combination of them could be unlocked in yeah, any fucking order. Yeah, that's why every game does feel a little different. The gameplay does. The understanding of what that means is already in me, though. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, I knew what the words were. There's this difference between hearing them and understanding <laughs> them. Well, no, you experience it through the whole game. Yeah. But experiencing doesn't mean understanding. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it happened in a, in a room. I was locked in a room and I didn't know how to get out of the room and I kept dying in that room over and over and over and over and over. But it was the first time I had the flamethrower. It was around the time you get the flamethrower in that game. And I'm just trapped in there with Alien. And I'm not, at some point, I give up on the fear aspect, and I'm like, I gotta, like, even if I die a million more times, just run all the walls to see if there's a fucking way out of here or something what? I'm missing. But in doing that, I had to confront Alien several times as it would try to cut me off or whatever. Usually it would just kill me. But I started learning sort of its behavior in response to me, and it reacted to fire a certain way, and I'm like, okay, okay, that's interesting. And I would shoot fire and it would move out of the way but not run away. And I back out and it moves forward and I move forward and it moves back. And it would try to run around and cut me off. But now I have the flamethrower out and it would like pause. Because it feared the flamethrower. It wasn't fearing you. Yes. It would try to attack you no matter what. But yes. when it saw what was in your hand. But after enough times of scaring it with the flamethrower, it stopped being scared of the flamethrower, <laughs> but being cautious about the flame. Oh. And that was, there's some difference in my thinking happened at that moment that I'm like, holy shit, the depth of this. Because it's aware, I'm not going to hurt you if you don't hurt me. And yes. it became aware of that, although I didn't know that was my plan. I was trying to conserve ammo. But I became aware that it became aware of that. And then... It's not hurting me if I'm not hurting it. But then I became aware of that. And it was like, wait, wait, wait. We're both, you're programmed to simply try to survive. You're not really trying to kill me. You're programmed to move around the ship. Yes. I'm also moving around the ship. Our goals are similar in that you need more areas open. You rely on me to open them, but I rely on you to take things out of the way. There was a weird... Bond. Partnership. <laughs> yes. Alien's a cat. Yes. It's a wild Dude. fucking cat. And at all times, that cat is waiting for its opportunity That's to assert its cat. dominance. <laughs> yeah. But if you're first to do it, it will stay in check. You have to be the alpha cat. You got to be the alpha cat. And something, something clicked in that room. It was like a storage room. And something clicked in that room. I died a couple of times experimenting. But you die after a save and there's uh, any subroutines that get unlocked are pushed away 
Yeah. So it's because like you reload. Doing it. Yes. After I learned, after that sort of philosophic understanding of aliens thinking, I then truly understood what playing with this creature meant. And there was like a bond happening. From that point forward, moving from room to room through that ship became... I, I got to a level of confidence in which I would have a little computer out and I would see where it is and it's like, oh, it's over here. It's probably going to be waiting because it's always waiting to kill you. Yes. But also, it knows you know now. And so it's staying in check a little. And so it drops down somewhere. Now it's not darting at me anymore. Now it's like, he knows I'm coming. Now it's a matter of when I drop, what can I do? And so it drops and just stares at me. Yeah, the best thing is try to get you from behind, though. Yeah, until <laughs> it figured out that I would block that out. Oh. And then it would stop doing that. When it became apparent to Alien, which I don't know how they programmed this part into 150 subroutines. I'm sure it works in such a complicated way that this is just one of the ways it could show itself. But after it became apparent that the only way to catch me was completely off guard, not from behind, but it had to sneak up on me quietly. It had to, and you can't do that through the fence. I can hear you. And you can also see and I can on the. See you. You got to catch me in a moment where I don't have the chance to either hear you or see you on my computer. Yeah. Those are the only moments I would die. Outside of that, I was walking with some crazy confidence and it knew and it would just stop trying to attack me in those scenarios. And I don't know how the fuck they programmed that, but it would just stop. And it would be like, there's some people out here. I'm going to make noise here. You know where they are. And I'm going to go the other way. Yeah. I'm going to open He's the door from... He's going to take care of your problem. He's going to take care of my problem. I'm going to open the door from the other side. Runs right by me. Doesn't try to fuck with me. Runs right by me. And now I can go enter the room it cleared. I was right next to it. Why didn't it but fuck with me? But you have the flamethrower the whole time, right? Yes. Anytime I'm interacting with it, I need okay. to assure it I'm the danger. Because you're not that confident. No, there's <laughs> okay. no way. But it would know and just be like, well, I'll catch you later, bitch. And then jump yes. into the vents or some shit. Mm-hmm. And it was just a dynamic formed in that game. And I love how they programmed it. 150 You'll subroutines that, that get unlocked. Again. Never. Because the revelation happened there. And I yes. learned from it. It'll always be different when you play it. But yeah. I'll never have the moment of realization again. Yeah. I had that already. Yeah. So when you have it again, it's just, it's not the same as the first time. It'll, anyway. it'll never happen again. I already understand the true depth in which this creature learns based on how it was programmed to learn. Mm. my behavior is gonna it's simple to understand it'll always be different but it'll never be like i get it you know that's yeah. gone forever it's gone anyways i hope dave plays that game too that game's fucking amazing i don't know if he, he has not played that game oh, i have no. no idea i tell everybody to play that game but yeah. it's also like a really hard game yes you listening play that game yeah, anybody listening, play The Last of Us, play Alien Isolation, play The Witness, and if you really want to get punished for zero reason, play XCOM. Well, yeah, enjoy. That's too much. Okay. That being said, uh, this conversation with Dave went a million different places as it usually does. We always hit the nooks and crannies, as Scott Ackerman likes to say. The nooks and crannies. And the fridge. We went into that fridge. We went into that fridge. But look, that's probably really happening. I wish we all had a fridge like that. How crazy would it be? If we do have a fridge like that. It's just not like supersized. We have a fridge like that? Yes, there are microbiomes in your fridge. It's just, mm. it'll never, like, how how do they explain the civilization, like, growing at all? Yeah. There's nothing for them to do it with. 
aliens? Oh, wait, in there? I don't know. Um, it doesn't make <laughs> sense. Where are they getting the materials to construct? Huh. I don't know. Maybe the leftover food? Whoever owned the fridge originally. No, because they only have what's already in the fridge. Ah. Maybe that's a different dimension they're looking into. Fair enough. Could definitely be. Yeah. But it's strange that they can leave that into your world. They can leave their... Like, it's not part of your world, and yet it could go into your world. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, so that's... In, in that Mirror. case, <laughs> all you're seeing... That wasn't Black Mirror. That was Love, I, Death, and Robots. Oh, that was Love, Death, and Robots. Oh, man. In oh. that scenario, really what's happening is that you're only seeing that part of their universe. But there is more to it. You just don't get a view of that. Ah. Because if you enter there, they have a sky. Yes. And their land stretches off like a planet or maybe not like something else. Whatever. Yeah. And they're pulling their materials You're through natural resources somewhere else. a tiny piece of what they're really, what's really going on. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what's happening. Ooh. Anywho. If you guys like that conversation I had with Dave, there are many of those on this show. You can go back and find him everywhere i think 3.2 was dave i think 4.5 was dave 2 12 to 11 what? and 2 8 were all dave i think it was eight i think i'm pretty sure it was eight dave is all over the show he's, he's gotta be the most yeah he's cute. definitely the guest who's been here the yeah. most wow congrats yeah, yeah, he's our most consistent guest. Uh, if you guys want more of that, go find those episodes. All the conversations always go crazy. You will definitely hear a progression in how we think, though, because there's a lot of we, we reference things we've talked about in the past over and from conversation to conversation, we've elevated our thoughts and incorporated the things we thought about. So there's it would be recommended if you're going to listen to them, listen to starting at the beginning. So you can see the change. So you can see the progression of thoughts, yeah. Mm. I mean, I guess if you want to see our thoughts become more basic, you can go backwards on them. It really depends what you're into. Yes. Anyways, to find Dave and his own things, you can find him, Dave the Clone, at uh, hollow9.com. That's hollow, the number nine, and I-N-E dot com. You can also find him on Facebook at Hollow9Network, on Twitter at Hollow9Cast, each instance with nine replacing the first N, Instagram at the underscore Hollow9 underscore network, and uh, you can find all of that on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. As for us and all our goodies, you could find this show pretty much anywhere that includes the official website greatthoughts.info on apple podcast spotify and anywhere else you get your podcast and you can reach us on facebook twitter instagram and tiktok at just combo pod yes and remember to subscribe and rate the show leave us numbers and review if you feel so inclined and let someone who might like this show know about it yes if you like these kind of conversations we have where we dive deep into the fabric of the universe, perception, reality, and video games, and movies. Everything. 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 There's no limits here. You, you tell people. You tell people about the show. Do it now. 
Batman? Yes. This has been the Just Conversation Podcast. Take nothing personal and thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Like, it has nothing to do with anything. He's not, like, officially one specific thing. But Maybe over he time, only did he... That. Maybe he only had kids in barrels. He did not just hide kids. We talked about so many things. All those demons he murdered are enslaved. Enslaved, likely. I yes. might like this guy. I gotta get to know him. <laughs> then there's St. Vitus, who's the saint of oversleeping. Oh my gosh, his story. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't know how I'm going to say this story. It has nothing to do with oversleeping, but somehow became oversleeping because it's relate. I don't know how it relates. You are going to tell us how it relates. Okay. Before I cry. <sighs> he was thrown into a boiling cauldron with a rooster. <laughs> with what? <laughs> Let me try to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> this story is so ridiculous. <laughs> okay. I don't know if this killed him though. <laughs> I don't know. I don't Just know tell me story. what what happened. What happened? I don't know. Okay. Okay. Let me drink some water. Okay. It's just so ridiculous. <laughs> okay. St. <Saint> Vitus. <sighs> he was thrown into a boiling cauldron with a rooster. And thus and he th is the saint of oversleeping. Yes. Because I don't know. I don't know how one thing relates to the other, but it's hilarious. The Just Conversation podcast is hosted by Christina Colazzo and Jack Thomas, produced by Lynn Taylor and published by GreatThoughts.info, art by Zero Lupo, and logo by Seth McAllister, with social media managed by Amber Black.